0: again, hopefully you've just ticked over from the last episode, part A of our albums of the year. This is part B, you're listening to True Cult Pop, the music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, and him,
1: Gaz Jones. How are you doing, Gaz? Evening all. I'm very well, mate. uh, Yeah, that was... That was a good first first half, wasn't it? Because it is I a game of two halves. It's, as, a, game um, two halves, as it's as a game of two halves. It's a game of two halves. Ian St John once said, I think. Maybe. It,
0: I think quite a lot of people have said yeah. that. over so yeah. He definitely would have said it Instant St John. Instant St John, yeah. former manager of my lot, Portsmouth Football Club. Really? He I, I genuinely never knew that. He was fucking rubbish. Every time wow. St. Greasy used to come on, yeah. as when I was a kid, I was like, oh yeah, St. Greasy. And my dad was like, used to like Greasy, but he was like, St. John, <laughs> fucking St. John. He, he sold Peter Marinello, and I was like, oh, I don't know what that means. But yeah. good. And yeah. a, bit, a bit like when whenever Sam comes on and I say yeah. anything about football, whether it be old or current, and he's like, dad, I don't know what you're on about. That's what that. Like, dad, dad, yeah, when we had a good side back then. We had uh, Ron Hazelwood and all people. And I'd be like,
1: Ron Hazelwood. You don't get footballers called Ron Hazelwood anymore. You don't. That's bollocks, frankly. We need more Ron Hazelwood
0: there is an amazing thing that i used to follow on twitter i don't know if i do anymore for some reason but i I haven't seen it for ages anyway which is footballers aging badly on twitter and getting people to like like showing people a footballer from like the 70s and going how old you reckon that person is and they'll be like 49 and you go he's 23 years old (laughs) it's great so again there's a little recommendation from me if you just tick tock, this is funny actually because I said I'll go over and presumably people will go. Normally what we do, little yeah. peep behind the curtain here everyone, normally if we do something, we do record back to back. We actually, we've had an evening off, haven't we? So we we're have. acting like we've just sort of twitched over, but we haven't, we haven't, we haven't done that. Let's do it differently today.
1: No. I d- yeah, I was, yeah, it was nice to come back in refreshed because I, I just spent the whole of last night just beating myself up with uh, stuff that I missed out. Yeah. What are you going to do? what are you gonna should, do i did, should I, really be picking nation of language really, i know really. i i did kind of think oh could i sneak it in today but then i thought no because i'd already said on a previous episode that i've missed it out we all know you ain't editing that shit out so no
0: i did edit a little bit of what you told me that to it out
1: uh oh, last you? night
0: though i did actually edit that bit out so you know oh, okay. i also tell you what else i did i listened to Amanaz's album africa oh and I went down a bit of a Zamrock rabbit hole. So go yeah, to boy. patreon.com mm. forward slash two cop pop. Sign up for any amount. I think it's going to be the second to last Yul Cop pop we do of the year. Yeah. And Gaz was, if you listen to the last episode, was very, very keen on it. I've been listening to it today. Fascinating. It like is. I won't say anything yeah. more than that. Isn't Fascinating. It? But we'll, that that will be uh, up mm. on Saturday. Uh, depending on <laughs> I mean that doesn't really help because you might be listening to this podcast a month after it comes out who knows but anyway that is over there on our patreon page patreon.com forward slash true cult pop for you as well and there's lots of other things there too so we're going to get back on it we've already done 10 each what we'll be doing is the final 10 including a top five it's all been that sort of 15 of just stick them in and yeah. pluck them out whenever they come out but we've got a top five here as well um before we do you didn't really pick any songs of the year did you Gaz? you didn't have any specific tracks that no. just existed as singular tracks that you listened to throughout
1: the year not really i, I, I suppose it's because I, uh more of an I, album man aren't you? yeah I'm more of an album mm. man especially mm. after sort of jumping on board the uh, the good ship cult mm-hmm. not with Ian Asprey
0: Although you would jump on that ship, wouldn't you? i oh, happily.
1: I'd happily go. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to go for a drink with Neil Asprey. That'd no be would. fucking amazing, wouldn't it? I'm um,
0: first mate on that ship. I bloody love the cult. Yeah, Roger the cabin boy. Hey,
1: hey. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Duffy the cabin boy. No, that doesn't work. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yes. Yeah, kind of since I, I, I you know, joined a podcast six months or whatever ago. Um. Yeah. It's just been albums, albums, albums. I've been trying to kind of mm-hmm. listen to an album as a whole. And rather than kind of, like, think of kind of individual kind of things, it's it's this has been one of the ways I've had to retrain my mind to kind mm. of vaguely possibly succeed at, at doing all right at this, yeah. maybe? Well,
0: mate, you're, yes, you're doing very well, mate. you oh, doing thanks, very, mate. very well. If that, was a, if that was a little kind of throwing it out there for a bone. Not a at all. Bone. Okay, well, not that's good. You, get one, you got one anyway. You yeah. got a little pat on the head anyway. Oh, it's
1: the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> How <laughs> dare it? you? Do not <laughs> pat me on the head, <laughs> i could you know i'm six four i'm,
0: I'm six ball. four and i don't know and i don't, I don't think i could reach
1: <laughs> what a sight that, it's the pair of us like a pair of cue balls just eh, eh.
0: like benny hill <laughs> oh, anyway no.
1: yeah
0: no you're right you're right I, i'm the same i do like to listen to it. and my spotify mm-hmm. told me that's how i do it as well but vinyl playing vinyl you yeah. Can't really just listen to one song if you're going to play vinyl, you got to play the album all really? through. I listen yeah. to vinyl quite a lot, I listen to streams of albums where you kind of have to review it or whatever, so you listen to the whole album. Yeah. I like listening to albums, I still am one of those people who like this albums, but occasionally an album will come along and it won't really stay with me, but a song from it will. So, there have been quite a few this year that yeah. have Hit sort it, of stuck yes. with me, and and there are other things as well. So, um, I'm going to shout out uh, a band who I don't care about at all, and having seen them at Reading. I really don't care about them, but Welcome mm. to the DCC by Nothing But Thieves is br- is a brilliant song, and I don't care about Nothing But Thieves at mm. all, but that's got like, it sounds a bit like The Weeknd, like it's really good, it's really, really good, and I don't care about Nothing But Thieves at all. Um, yeah. I discovered a band called Night Bus who only have three, so I think we spoke about them, when I sent it over, oh. they've only got three songs. So, what, they still, still like only singles. got three songs, because they only had three songs so. when you
1: told me about them.
0: Yeah, it's about six months ago. So I think I'm not sure if they've released anything since. But the goodness. song, the song "Mirrors" that yeah. they brought out at the start of this year is great. Wonderful, yeah. Um, I just wanted to mention Depeche Mode. So I'm going to say "Wagging Tongue" from the new Depeche Mode album. I don't think the new Depeche Mode album really is good, but it, it never was going to get like close enough to be in that conversation it's just that i love them that much i think wagging tongue is brilliant but then i think there are quite a lot of songs on that album that are really really good as well i would also say same about the old school way by 100 reasons i've gone back to a few of the songs on that record the old school way is a fucking banger ditto for the title track of the new rancid album tomorrow never comes
2: yeah
0: rancid good. a rancid like you get you get three good rancid songs on the new rancid album you're delighted or Furious, because you think, well, if that gets in instead of something from Outcome of Walls, I'm going to be gutted. <laughs> but actually, like, they they sound good. They sound good. Um, mm. I really like the Kareem Bailey Ray album, but particularly Erasure, when she went for that kind of white stripesy, pure kind yeah. of garage rock thing was great. The song Fuck by Snow that Snow Wife EP, <laughs> um, or mini album, whatever it was, is yeah. so unbelievably obnoxious, but particularly the song Fuck, I thought yeah. was, was really, really good. Um my girlfriend sent me this last week and it's by an artist called Lady Ray who had an album out last year she's got a song called she's got a remix of one of the singles from the album that came out last year called Pieces of Me and it's a remix with Ghostface Killer doing a verse at the start
2: holy
1: shit
0: and it's fucking amazing
1: can you send it to me?
0: I will send it to you, nice. mate. you it, Cheers, mate. The whole EP, and she is she's really good. She's someone who's completely passed me by, completely yeah. don't know anything about. it, But it's like, really, really cool, kind of old school soul singer. But you get this nice. absolutely like jaw droppingly brilliant Ghostface Killer verse at the start of it on this remix. It's amazing. Nice and Destroy Me by Rebecca Black doing yeah. Sleep Token's entire career in 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 three <laughs> minutes, but
1: better, but better, um, and, and shorter. And shorter <laughs> as
0: well. But I've got to say, I reckon one of, the, in terms of like a big song of the year, Unholy by Sam Smith and Kim Petrus feels like the big, big, big pop song of the year that I have kind of continued to go back to. That mm. and, but that we mentioned Kylie yesterday, so like Badum, that first Kylie song is brilliant. Yeah. Um, like even with, I think like, we haven't spoken about it, but beyonce put a new song out recently that's great as mm. well and continues that sort of renaissance era thing but like i really i think unholy is wicked like it's proper wicked i haven't really gone back to the sam smith album but that is that is a banger of the highest highest order mm. well good yeah, so um right. there you go there's a there's a few songs from uh from the year that Stood out for me quite a lot, but we, d- we had to put in a. a and I don't get it. Like I don't want to be too negative Come the end of the year, but obviously there are a few things that happened throughout the year where you're just like I'm not really sure I get this. And I've got a kind of I've got kind of four shouts for things that I don't really get. I could make it five. Elstorm just announced a tour. Chuck that in as well if you like. Don't need to <laughs> talk about L-Storm again. But um, but Gaz, what were the things this year that really kind of puzzled and perturbed you? <laughs> Well
1: I mean there was it wasn't kind of a huge amount cuz I've just been trying to focus on the good shit and there's been a lot of good shit. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I think one of the what are the things that kind of puzzled me most? I think it was I think it was the first week I was on the podcast and it stayed with me. Because one of the first things you asked me to yeah, listen to and critique be. was the fucking little Uzi Vert album, and it was the yeah. first. You gave me a list. I think we did maybe what half a dozen albums that week, right? And that was the first one I listened to, and I was all mm-hmm. kind of excited. I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm going to be on True Pop but like, First thing I listened to was a little Uzi Vert album, and I was literally like, "Is he having a fucking laugh? <laughs> is he trying to? Is he trying to to like suss me out here? <laughs> so, you know?" But like, yeah, that was just absolute fucking wank. And the the, the cover of um, Chop, Chop Suey. What the actual fuck? I, just, I, I still just don't... That is
0: atrocious, that oh, cover. It's, it's...
1: Yeah. Absolutely atrocious. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not even going to give him the benefit of the doubt of, like, maybe he's a fucking evil genius and he's just, like... You know, he, he's laughing at us because it, it goes on some level that's way above my head. But I doubt it very much. Um... Unfortunately, the, the, I suppose in terms of like bands or albums and stuff like that, it's unfortunately, mate, it's creeper for me. The thing that I've just. Uh. But the, the, like, like I've said kind of quite a few times, the size of them, man, I should fucking love this. You know, Jim Steinman, time, was it time Sisters of Mercy times Type O negative? I think that was Sam's kind of mm. equation, goth yeah. equation. And it was just like, yeah, I should fucking love this, you know. Um, But it just never clicked with me. And like I said before, it's actually starting to annoy me now that I don't like it. Maybe I should see it live. That's the only thing kind of left now for me. I haven't seen it live. And yeah, um, you're not the first person to say that to me. But yeah, it's, um, you know, I I, I don't get any great pleasure saying that because... You know, I'm in a minority here. Yeah. <laughs> mm.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you are. Uh, but anyway, I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about. Uh, Creep, creeper, too much. I don't no. think. But um, no. yeah. Uh, I've already kind of shouted it out. We've spoken about it a lot. You've spoken about how you feel about it. That's fine. So that's the main one, is it?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I guess. Well, it's, it's kind of like a two horse race, really. It's kind of yeah, creeper and seventy two fucking seasons.
0: Okay, so this is one of mine as well. <laughs> the yeah. probably is it? There's an argument to be had that 72 Seasons is the worst Metallica album. I think.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going second worst I, at the minute. But it's, yeah, it, I mean, I I probably It's actually as made as me. Angry. Angry. It, it's kind of made me more angry. I was I was so fucking ambivalence with, with with Death Magnetic, really. Mm. I, it didn't kind of make me this has actually made me a bit angry now especially because we're getting to that time of year where all the albums of the year countdowns obviously like we're doing um are all coming out and like in in kerrang kerrang's ones obviously just got released so i sort so had a proper kind of thumb through of it but i know that yeah 72, 72 seasons is in, is in the top, top 10, 10 as it was with metal hammer of course it would be because
0: people just say metallica and then they just have yeah to I, I know i get it, it.
1: I get it. I get it. You've got to play the game. I totally mm-hmm. understand that. Yeah. But, you know, better than, better than Earn? Better than, well, I know it's just, of course, it's just opinions. But to me, 72 Seasons is the sound. It's ploddy. It's boring. It's just. About 40 minutes too long. Yes, about 40 minutes too long. The whole kind of. You can almost can kind of compare it to, like, Tarantino. But unlike, you know, when people say, oh, he, you know, he can't self-edit, he can't self-edit, it's surrounded by fucking yes-men. But unlike Tarantino, I have no issue with Tarantino films being, like, fucking four hours long. I love that. Oh, more of it. I'd You know, the Tarantino buffet, yes, please. Whereas with Metallica, their decision-making this century, really, has just kind of defied me. I'm just, I just I really just don't get it. Why did the world need a new Metallica album in 2023? No. I really don't think so. But
0: if you're going to give us one, I mean, to me, you know, I do think Hardwired to Self-Destruct, we said this. I think Hardwired to Self-Destruct hadn't. At least I listen back to Hardwired to Self-Destruct and I yeah. think it's a double album, it's long. There are moments on which I'm not that keen on, there are moments to me that sound like proper, kind of classic Metallica, yeah. and there are moments on it where, and, and there's enough sort of dynamic range yeah. within it for me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 72 seasons is like, is one thing yeah. over and over and over and over again, and it's so boring. And I think, you know, the, yeah. the only other, the only album I can, of their career, I can really compare it with. I think it's an anger and some Anger you can at least go well at least they deviated from something yeah, exactly
1: it's quite an interesting heavily. experiment it's a different it's yeah. an interesting experiment that's why I, I mean, see St. Anger
0: which one would I want to listen to more out of the pair of them I'd prefer not to listen to either of them to be honest but <laughs> you got to you know, pick one Steve yeah but like I genuinely I, I think you know the only thing that saves 72 seasons from being a a, a, a total piece of shit and I think it's shit it but is. a complete and utter piece of shit is James Hetfield. He is the only thing I think of any his, and his vocals as well. I don't even mean his riffs. His his vocals are the only thing on that album that has any kind of merit to it whatsoever. I think mm. it is a dreadful record. A dreadful record. Embarrassing that it's in the top 10. Like it's, it's embarrassed. I, it's, I'm it's i embarrassed I've got kind of second-hand embarrassment for Metallica. Yeah. It's rubbish, and it gets worse with every listen. It gets worse and worse. Yeah, and, wor- And you, you know, you go in, D- I want to like a new Metallica. I yeah. want to like a new Metallica album. I don't want to go in and be like, oh, no, not a new Metallica album. And, and I've never really been one of those people has, who has been like, oh, no, new Metallica. But when I heard that first song, and Lux Turner, I think, is... Arguably one of the best songs on that record. When I heard it, that, and I it was is like, the best song mm. on the album, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, it's not that great. This, it's not that great. And then when I heard the rest of the album, I was like, Fucking hell, it's like the best song on it, apart from mm-hmm. the last song. I do think the last song's quite good. I think there's a couple of songs on there that are all right, and that's one of them. And you know, Luxe Turns, right? But yeah, it's it's awful. It's an awful, awful, awful record. Yeah, it's a proper like three out of ten record, terrible.
1: Yeah, it's the thing that kind of makes it so much worse for me is because obviously you know Metallica are the biggest heavy metal band of all time they mm-hmm. are the figureheads of said movement they are at the top of the fucking tree and for all the kind of naysayers or the people that kind of point the finger and go oh, that's just really shit unimaginative bloody crap mm-hmm. that's what they're going to take pot shots of course
2: at. Yeah, Th- yeah they're man, never, well,
1: never going to d- dig a bit deeper under the surface right and, and go and listen to something like The Urn album well, when, or something when... like that they fucked it for so many months. when people are
0: holding Metallica when you go like "Our oh, metal's not that I really I'd like it's it's kind of it's footprint has been dimini- diminished somewhat yeah. and people go oh Metallica have just done a big stadium tour blah, 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 blah. look how big it is and you go yeah and listen to the album no wonder every other person on the planet goes
1: heavy yeah. metal A <laughs> <laughs> yeah. load of crap yeah. like, of
0: course they do because it's rubbish
1: what have they got to go on they've got to go on 72 seasons and, and fucking Sinjetsu do you know yeah. what I mean? That—that's yeah, like, what I, we've got. It's because of that that fucking metal is a bit of a laughing stock, unfortunately. Yeah, in
0: the mainstream. And of course, I don't get it. It's...
1: I get it, though. I get it. Yeah, I'm, I don't. am not going it... to be one of those people that's so fucking precious. Go no, how dare you? It's like no. If that's what you're still looking at, of course it's. Of course you're going to laugh Yeah. At if
0: it. you if if you are going, oh, the best thing we've got is sixty-year-old multi-millionaires. <laughs> doing the same riff for an hour and a half and that is Iron Maiden and Metallica if that's the best thing you've got Why on earth would anyone want to pay any attention to it when we've got so many other things which are kind of youthful and vibrant and exciting and interesting? And yeah, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. And you know, no one wants a Metallica album to be bad. Like I don't want that at all. It sucks because I love Metallica, but like that album is. I I grew up on Maiden.
1: I grew up on Maiden. I grew up on Metallica and Megadeth, and you know all those kind of quote-unquote kind of old school bands you know that is what mm-hmm. i grew up on i don't get any pleasure saying that it's rubbish
2: yeah. i
1: really don't get any pleasure for that from that at all it's, it's not like i'm here mm-hmm. deliberately shitting on them it's just like no it's not fucking good enough i i generally don't want another metallica album ever i do- i think all of those bands should get you know
0: you think uh, Sepultura just called it quits this week and it's probably been a long time since Sepultura have really been at their best shall we say uh, but then you get bands like Creator and I mean I I would say you know that the, the, the um, At The Gates album that came out last year or the year before yeah. it was, like Carcass album that came out last year was great yeah. mid-level metal bands can still make fucking amazing records I think the Decapitation album that came out this year that we reviewed I think that's really mm. good I really like the Obituary album that came out this year okay. it's really 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 good like really kind of powerful and, and you yeah. know it's straight ahead death metal But you know whatever but like it's it's genuinely really quite good so i think those bands can make that but not metallica i'm not metallica
1: i I think the 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 only kind of decent kind of heavy metal album from those old school bands over the past i don't know whatever decade or whatever was that last priest album that was really good Mm. surprisingly good i've heard a couple of i've heard a couple of songs off the new album and it's kind of sounds more of the same, really, so... We'll be, be talking, about that, hey, right. yeah, we'll yeah, be talking about that next year. Yeah,
0: we'll be talking about that next year. So for me, yeah, Metallica one I thought was bum. Um, I, kind of Utopia by Travis Scott, sort of passing us by a little bit. I know you didn't want yeah. to review that, mm-hmm. but I think eng- it's kind of one of the biggest hip-hop releases of the year. One of the biggest releases of the year in a lot of ways, and I feel like because of everything, it sort of came out, everyone was a bit tentative about it, and then it just sort of went away. And actually, like... You know, I remember thinking it was quite good. So, I mean, when I said don't get it, I kind of, I think it's disappointing that he's been sort of relegated to, in a lot of the eyes of a lot of people, mm. of, of just like kind of persona non grata because I kind of would have liked to talk to about that album a little bit more because I think there's a fair bit to it. Um, The other things, I mean, Still Panther being on America's Got Talent was oh, bizarre. And I did actually go and listen to the a bit of the the latest Steel Panther album which came out this year. And I am delighted to say it is just fucking rubbish. And I just think they need to go away. There's yeah. um there's a song like Never Too Late, open brackets to get some pussy tonight. Oh, <sighs> Still sad. doing that. There's a song on there called uh, Friends of Benefits, yeah sure. My Is My Dick Enough? Um Magical Vagina. And uh, this is a song called On Your Instagram um which was just going i don't want to have sex with you i want to have a sex with the girl on your instagram and that appears to be the only thing that they've sort of knew that they brought to the table so i just I, i'm just like are you gonna go away or is this i mean it's not really it doesn't really feel like when you look at how many people have listened to the songs on their debut album and then when you look at the the numbers <laughs> yeah. on their, le- their recent album it is a bit depressing for them i would imagine um Drake released a, an album this year, which I listened to and was just like, fuck that. What a mopey, I've never liked Drake, really. No, i and never liked Drake. His album is mopey. It's all yeah. And like, overly horny as well. That's <laughs> always been the thing that I've just like, Drake, you are walking around moaning about having an erection. Like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so I didn't like a Drake album. And <clears throat> I'd kind of, but for me, I'd kind of originally picked, Sleep token and my just overall general confusion surrounding sleep token because I still don't really know what they're meant to be. Do you know what I mean? I just don't really get it. And I, I mean, I genuinely think when Rich compared them to, you know, Black by Pearl Jam last week, I, I, I kind of visibly like sort of scoffed it wasn't visibly
1: you could hear it audibly as well mate yeah it was like (laughs) yeah
0: and because i just like i listened back to it again i was just i just thought to myself i i I put um their recent album whatever it's fucking called take us back to eden or what was it called what's the one that everyone's been banging on about i can't even fucking remember anymore but anyway um i don't want to remember it's uh oh god everyone's been going on about it so I should, yeah take me back to take me back to eden and i put it on earlier and i was like you know this isn't rubbish do you know what i mean it's not like i can sit here and go like oh it's not like a metallica album where you go this is crap yeah. it is too long it is a bit self-indulgent but i just sort of listened to it and i was a bit like i i'm not really getting much from anything that I, I don't get any of the things i want from music from sleep token unfortunately i don't think their songs are that catchy they're not really complex or heavy they're not really they're not really anything I don't think I, they can't, do you know what they remind me of They remind me of if Don Broco didn't have a sense of humor and <laughs> were really boring and were nerds, they'd be sleep token. It's like it's proper yeah. like super like take ourselves really serious, pretentious Don Broco, and I just think, well, I'd rather listen to Don
1: Broco oh yeah. Give me f-
0: Who are fun and good? Like good short songs. Exactly. You know this whole thing. Oh, you're deep like a pop band of the like, no. they're not, are they? They're I'm not, I'm are they? Because pop songs it. aren't seven minutes long. You stupid bastards. And just, <laughs> like, no, nah, I I I don't. I'm I just. I don't. I don't think they're terrible. I just think that the the hype around them. I'm just. I just don't really get it. Do you know what I mean? No. Personally. It's not for us, mate it's not for me not for me boy not for me anyway let's get back to that top 10 so we're gonna do five in no particular order and then a top five i think uh which one of us started yesterday it was me wasn't it it was yeah so would you like
2: to start today gareth
1: why not go on now gareth how, how dare you <laughs> <laughs> don't let anyone know that's my real name <laughs> don't tell them your name bike <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, right. um, okay, I'm going to start and I'm going to go all out because I'm going to talk about th- um, three albums by one band. Oh,
2: bloody
0: nah. hell. <laughs> can you do that? Yeah? I suppose you can, can't you? Yeah,
1: well, you know, by, everyone knows how much I adore Guarded by Voices. And this year, Guarded by Voices released three fucking albums. Their are 37th, 38th, and 39th releases. La La Land's Welshpool Frillies and just a few weeks ago we had nowhere to go but up uh like i said um yeah the latest three releases from the greatest indie band of all time guarded by fucking voices man and the hot streak continues everything they've released since they kind of properly reformed in about what was it 2014 2015 i think Mm -hmm. it's all been great um like all wonderfully constructed and played rock and roll you know searing leads from um doug gillard and just delightfully surreal kind of obtuse lyrics from um uncle bob robert pollard so robert of pollard um how he can keep up this rate of bangers this far into their career actually does my head in you know the guy the guy is nearly 60 and he's still just shitting out at least two if not three albums a year it's it's ridiculous and I love that kind of constantly playing catch-up because you know there's going to be another one coming out in a couple of months. So just you know, just stay with this one while you can. Stay on the ride, stay on the ride. And they're a band to be, to be treasured and held close, man. It's proper lo-fi kind of indie rock put through a Who filter with a real kind of glammy stomp. Um, and the best of the... All three albums were great. The best of the three was, was La La Land, which is the first one that came out. I think it was February time. Um, just all kind of perfectly propulsive rock and roll. Um, and there's a track in there called uh, Queen of Spaces, which um, Robert Parlow is Probably one of their best kind of songs of the last kind of decade. It's one of the best kind of ballads he's ever written. It's a beautiful song. And it's just an utterly kind of endless buffet to get stuck into. Like I said, you know, we're now up to the 39 official albums but there's you know tons of bootlegs and b-sides and rarities and there's you know there's thousands of albums that robert pollard's put his name to with various kind of guises and stuff you know bring on the next three that will inevitably be out next year yes it's a huge back catalogue but these latest three are really good jumping in point especially la la land which is the best Mm. of the three
0: that's one that we didn't review and i haven't listened to i guess
1: uh yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, we, yeah we reviewed uh yeah Walshpool Thrillies and we didn't know where to go but up a couple of weeks ago yeah, yeah
0: I yeah. liked both of those albums so I probably would yeah. like the one that you consider yeah, to be the best you will yeah yeah uh, yeah still a band who I don't know enough about but then how can you you're never you know I, I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that I probably will never know <laughs> enough about God of I voices at least I can kind of at least I've got the rest of my life to try and get up to speed with the fall you know what i mean yeah um, exactly what i've done whereas now i'm still like i'm still playing catch up with this band but i do really like them i'm really glad that i've been started, started listening to them because they are yeah, like, yeah, so they're, too, they're really good yeah they are very good so yeah that's cool um right
1: having See, just you, you you can do three now mate so yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that all th- have you done three? Oh no I, I did three and one didn't i oh bloody hell
0: you all know, right. I, I, I thought you—I thought it was going to be a top 22 and you were just going, I've oh, gone voice. No, blah, no, blah, blah, no, no.
1: You know, I did a top 20, but three of them were guarded by voices albums. Wow, okay. And I, 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 you know, and I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to talk about all three at the same time. So over to you, mate. you got three. Okay,
0: all right, <laughs> cool. All right, well, let's start with, you know, having just had a bit of a kind of piss and moan about the new Metallica album, which yeah. is, I'd say, the most disappointing metal album of the year. Let's talk about, what I think is comfortably the best metal album of the year and what I think you think is also because <laughs> you said it uh, is the best metal album of the year and that is Urn. a feast on sorrow now for those of you who have been listening to me do podcasts and whatnot for uh, an elongated period of time you may well remember how excited I was when I first heard Urn back in 2018 when their first EP came out you may remember how frothing at the mouth I was when Serpent and Spirit came out and that debut album, which is not as good as either of the first two Metallica albums, admittedly. <laughs> it seems like a bit of a mad fucking dumbass thing to say. And we keep bringing it up like hilariously all the time, but it's not, and that is a stupid fucking thing to say. But it was a great record. And from a very good debut EP they jumped ahead about four or five steps with their first album. And although I had faith in them to release a great debut album, I was really, really impressed that they jumped so far so forward. And I think to do that again, I thought that's unlikely, isn't it? It's unlikely that a band will be able to do that twice so early on in their career. The fact that I think the jump from Serpent and Spirit to A Feast on Sorrow is actually a bigger jump Mm. the jump from their EP to their debut album I think is just so unbelievably impressive to me and we've sort of spoken at length about the reasons for that I think obviously the first thing we need to say is the production job by the Duplantiers Joe and Mario Duplantier have made Urn sound like a real band yeah. like I, and, and they sounded like a real band before but i'm talking about like an arena band they sound like the sort of band that sh- that would be headlining Ali Pali, wembley arena big festival stages i don't necessarily say i'm saying that about the songs per se when you think about the bands in metal who are at that level gujira um Partway Drive, While She Sleeps, Bring Me Their Eyes and Bazzard. Like, they obviously don't sound like that. But in terms of hearing an album and going, how fucking clean is this? How crisp is this? How fat is this? How heavy is this? How brilliantly mixed and mastered and how kind of exquisitely put together this is. This is, for my money, the best sounding heavy release of the year. It sounds fucking monumentally massive when it needs to sound massive. Um, the other thing is the songs obviously it's the songs if you liked Mastodon on kind of Blood Mountain Crack the Sky if you liked Gojira on Le Fond Sauvage Magma um, a and and you know, I'd say probably the, the few before. If you yeah. like those bands, from Master Serious
1: definitely. Yeah, from Master yeah. Serious.
0: Yeah, if if you. But I think this Earn album, even maybe even sounds better than that. But they, you know, it like, does. I don't the, the, the makeup of that. Yeah. I mean, again, that's yeah. this is not me saying that it's better. That you know, <laughs> Earn are better than Gogera or anything like that. Like, chill out. But I'm just saying <laughs> that, like, I think they are. I really, genuinely do think, in terms of pure quality, they are comparable, and the influences that this band have brought forward are Motorhead, Celtic Frost, Mastodon, but then Thin Lizzy, and and Soul, and Peter Gabriel, and progressive psychedelic rock from the late 60s into the early 70s. These are things that modern metal bands, not all, because I'm going to talk about one in a minute that definitely doesn't do that as well, but like, There are so many metal bands who I think, the lack of ambition to try and write something which is more than just, oh, we love thrash metal and we we grew up on the greats. We grew up on Maiden and Priest and Metallica and blah, 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 Megadeth, so we're gonna do that. And if we can do something that sounds a bit like that, it will be great. Well, no, it won't actually, because those bands didn't do that. Those bands weren't just solely influenced by, you know, each other they were influenced by all manner of different things you know like uh, as much as I don't care for Maiden's proggy material that those kind of prog roots are obvious you know yeah. when you think about the, the shit that Metallica were influenced by you know away from you know when you know see the way James Hetfield speaks about Elton John you think yeah. about the way that you know Kirk Hammett talks about the influence from like Deep Purple or even even kind yeah. of like Peter Green that. as well when it Peter, Peter Green, Green and, and 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 yeah, yeah yeah and Mac and all and that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. like you know it's it's a it's a broader sphere of influences and Urn have managed to kind of take the rumbling bordering on death metal, thrash metal feel of classic Sepultura, classic Mastodon, classic Gajira, meld it with the melodicism of a band like Thin Lizzy, meld it with the the, the kind of the songwriting chops of, you know, we know how much Joe loves Sam Cooke and The Temptations and, yeah. you know, Tina Turner and Billy Holiday. Do you know what I mean? Like he's the man who is schooled in that and he brings... You, you can't turn around and say, ah, oh, yes, you can hear Ella Fitzgerald in Urn. You can't. But what you can hear is someone who understands melody and who understands how songs are put together and who understands how to make those songs pop in a way that they need to pop to really, really work. Angus is one of the best guitarists currently operating in metal. Full yeah. stop. I will fucking put, like that might sound like a mad thing to say when you go, That's oh, is he, is, he, is, he, is he better than, you know, insert fucking, you know, Tosin Abassi or something. It's like, well, he does something very different and something I think far more interesting and preferable to what someone yeah. like Tosin Abassi does. He's not necessarily a showy player, but the intricacy mixed with the kind of, the uniqueness and the feel of the riffs that he makes and the solos that he does are incredible. They've got a brilliant rhythm section and at the front of it all, is the emotional totem, the emotional centrepiece of this album, which is Joe and all the things that Joe is currently going through and all the things that Joe has been through and the very, very complex feelings of loss and grief and fear and hurting and love that he feels. And metal albums don't express this sort of thing in this way enough, I don't think. And I think that's one of the things that's made me sort of go, I don't know, like, you know, grief is a weird thing and a hard thing and a confusing thing. And it never really sort of goes away. It never really leaves your, your sort of subconscious. It just sort of sits there. And sometimes it can be so overwhelming that it's like having your fucking head held underwater and it's like you're dra- and you just go. I like it, this won't go away. I can't. I can't get through the fucking day without feeling like I'm just gonna collapse. And you hear an album like this, and you hear the way that Joe expresses these really, really terrifying, relatable things that we will all go through. And it's like having your head pulled up from underneath the water and that having this massive intake of oxygen into your lungs it's incredible and so beautiful and so brave the way that he has articulated this um, and these feelings and for a really really heavy record to do that I think is is spectacular because this is the sort of music that every single metal band on this planet should be aiming to make yeah. This doesn't care about getting on the fucking Hot 100 on the Spotify list. This doesn't care about being the kind of backing music for a Kerrang! CD. This isn't about like sit down on this bit and then jump the fuck up. You know, I I like all that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, I there's loads of that stuff that I like. I I some of those bands from the big arena bands that I've mentioned. You know, like someone like Bring Me the Horizon. I enjoy all that. Do you know what I mean? I like it. But if you're coming to me and you're talking to me about oh metal being this really really important genre of music and oh it sits outside from the pop bullshit and it sits outside from mainstream concerns where they're only concerned about selling records and doing this and it's like so many of those bands are just trying to appeal to people in exactly the same way as whoever wins x factor or what or american idol does you are you know that fucking state of the scene shit all this kind of modern deathcore all this kind of sceney music like to me there's no depth There's no character, there's no personality. And there's a few albums, I spoke about Code Orange yesterday, obviously it's a completely different album, a completely different type of music, but they have it, they have character. And Joe, the way that he's expressed himself on this record, mixed with the production of the record, mixed with the brilliant songwriting, mixed with the, the incredibly unique and intricate patterns of this record, I think it's, comfortably the best metal album of the year comfortably the best metal album of the year probably probably the de- like probably of the decade so far i mean i know we're only 3 years in <laughs> to the decade so but to say it's the last 3 years i mean there's really you know when i think of the the truly truly great albums really heavy albums that have come out i you know when we talk about crack the sky Magma yeah. or Le Font Sauvage. When I mean, you yeah. talk about, um, you know, as the palaces burn, stuff like that. I mean, you talk about... Um, the, al- blackening, the blackening. The yeah. blackening alive. I mean, I think this is... Uh, I mean, people might go, what? But, like, mm. certainly I prefer this to the blackening. If you said to me, you can have this or the blackening, I, I, I would take this. Yeah, I, 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 would, really yeah. do, I really I would do love won. the blackening. I think it's great, but I don't have the same emotional connection to the blackening no. as I have yeah. to this. Yeah. And... um yeah, I'm I, I think it's amazing. And the fact that, you know, I'm gonna see them on Saturday and they're playing the Boston music rooms is that is a sham for like when that that is a disgrace. It's a don't, fucking they, sham where
1: where they are on the fucking download lineup as well. They, that is fucking embarrassing. Mm, it's don't embarrassing. Talk,
0: don't talk to me about metal being kind of you know, any kind of meritocracy when this band aren't the big hype band. The same night as they play Boston Music Rooms, Sleep Token are playing Wembley Arena. Let that sink in, right? Yeah. There is no fucking justice because that that is, that is. I mean, that's. I think that says it all really. This album is a thousand times better than that Sleep Token album. Mm. It's a thousand times more moving and a thousand times more meaningful. It's just the best. So yeah. A Feast on Sorrow by Urn, yeah. um is just a, a a fucking fantastic
1: album. I do I do generally think it belongs in that ex- exalted kind of list of albums you just reeled off. It does. This is a genuine kind of modern classic metal album. Yeah. This I cannot remember. I was trying to work out When was the last time I was like this fucking legitimately, legitimately obsessed with a metal album, and it must have been I'm oh, fucking hell. We're going back a few years. You know, it might have been something like Crack the Sky. Yeah. It might have and been I mean, where I was just like all encompassed and just like I couldn't let a day go past where I didn't listen to it again.
0: And mate, we, we, you know, we spoke about, we did a podcast about Let Live recently and we, you know, I've had bands like Palm Reader in the past where I'm like, you all need to go and listen to Palm Reader and they yeah. keep releasing these records that get better and better and better and, you know, they don't really get that much bigger and I've just sort of... You know, I think I said it on the Let Live one, I've just sort of resigned myself to the fact that bands that I really, really love
2: yeah.
0: aren't going to get that big. No. Like, you know, uh, but yeah. but we'll see. Like, I would love, I think they deserve everything they, that comes their way.
1: They, they, they deserve a fucking main stage slot of download, man. It's bullshit. It's bullshit where they are. Hmm. They should be opening the fucking, they should be given that fucking shot. I, I would, I think they'd, I think they'd smash that. Yeah, they like, fuck think, it. Like, like, and then some. On
0: the, on the Queens of Stone Age day. Yeah. Or the Avenge day. Yeah.
1: The Avenged, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. They'd, they'd fucking, they'd smash that. They'd absolutely yeah. smash it. So that there crap. you go. Um, and A Feast on Sorrow is absolutely excellent and was dead close. Like, Dead dead close to that top five. Very, very, very close to that top five. Um, yeah. I'm going to move on. Barry Can't Swim, When Will We Land, was an album that Merle spoke about last week as his favourite album of the year. Now, Merle mm. likes kind of um, lo-fi, well, not even lo-fi really, is it? But kind of like, I guess, sort of um, slightly more low energy, skittering electronica, probably a bit more than me. But he re- he recommended this album to me. So this is the debut album from the Scottish DJ, um i don't actually know his actual name but he's barry can't swim um yeah. and we reviewed this a little while ago and i thought to we myself did. has this has this come out i think it's like two three months ago we reviewed it um and because you know mel said to me like oh yeah, yeah october the 20th it came out so it's come kind of quite late in the day yeah. but again i said on the previous episode that i've i've really massively rediscovered a, a very very kind of um a very deep love for electronic music again this year and I do agree with Merlin I think this is the best electronic album of the year it is again so rich and so dexterous and so uh, vast in the scope and the stuff that it brings in and the influences it pulls away from I mean ultimately you could go this guy's just a kind of happy Scottish Aphex Twin do you know what I mean? With with <laughs> yeah. with, with with a few um, <laughs> with a, with a few stacks albums, but like yeah. I, I definitely think that that is probably a, a fairly good description of him. But you know, <laughs> I, I I there's nothing is th- this strikes me as an album that it doesn't attempt. To impress you. It's just very lo-fi, it's very nice and everything kind of sits in the background, all the vocals kind of sit back a bit and it just kind of washes over you like a warm bath. I think it's a beautiful sounding record and once those hooks, you know, the hooks on uh, a song like Sonder, the hooks on I Won't Let You Down, um, once those kind of, those almost kind of Afro beat, those kind of skittering Afrobeat hooks get themselves into you on the kind of second, third, fourth listen, you do suddenly feel, you you feel that kind of, that euphoric rush of the the only kind of electronic music at its best can really give you. That kind of euphoric rush of like, this music just feels gloriously gorgeous and upbeat and beautiful. And it's kind of got almost like the opposite thing that the EARN album that I was just talking about, which is an album which, you know, kind of wildly swings around in mood, you know, wildly kind of, it drags you from kind of heartache to, you know, to, to to kind of to inescapable, pure love and fear and, you know, grief and all these things. Whereas this Barry Can't Swim album, musically it kind of darts around quite nimbly amongst kind of that Aphex Twin feel, that kind of bicep feel to, yeah, like almost, there, there are bits on it that, where they have that kind of spoken word, that kind of Scottish spoken word poetry thing. You suddenly feel like you're drinking a can of Tenet Super on a bench. <laughs> outside of a you know listening to music on your phone with with one of your best mates at midnight on a friday night and you know outside of a um a kebab shop in glasgow (laughs) or something do you know what i mean and it's got this really kind of like but it also manages but you kind of look up and it's like the stars are out and you just go oh it's been a, a like a nice night and everything feels kind of nice and it just kind of like gently takes your hand and wanders you around through like you know like i say afrobeat and electronica and you can put this on in the background and it's a lovely thing to have on in the background, but it's also incredibly engaging. And I think, you know, the very best electronic music does that. It can be this ambient backing track to whatever you happen to be doing, but it can also really engage you when you sit down and listen to it. I think this album's beautiful. I think it's great. I think it's really catchy. I think it's just, it's just a lovely place to be in. Just a lovely, lovely place to be in. And again, you know, best metal album. I'd say this is the best electronic album of the year for me. So, yeah, Barry can't swim. When will we land? Would be in that conversation as well. You liked that, didn't you?
1: I did. I liked it a lot. Mm. It was great. I think, yeah, I think it was. Well, it, that and the Chemical Brothers they were the color my two kind of favourite like electro albums of the year. But yeah, Barry can't swim. Yeah, that was really, really good. Really good album. Really good. good show. Good shout.
0: really good um i am now going to talk about sam's number one album of the year oh way you're right yeah which is just sort of missed out again on that uh on that top five for me i do love galore by saint pierre snake invasion Mm. now the saint pierre snake invasion are an interesting band to me right because ultimately what you've got for me were a band whose name I'd been aware of for a long time, and when I was sort of first getting into, the, you know, the, the, you know, doing sort of the Metal Hammer podcast and doing the sort of the very, very early versions of of, of that, and getting very, very excited by, you know, I just mentioned Palm Reader and I in bands like you know, Brotherhood of the Lake and the Catharsis and Heights and all those bands that were happening around sort of 2011, 2012. And not that long after, I remember hearing the name, St. Pierre Snake Invasion, and being like, "Mm," and people going, oh, you're like them. And it took me a while before I actually got a chance to hear them. And again, them playing Len Mania was Mm. the first time that I saw them live. And I remember thinking, oh, they're they're good. They're quite good. But they're one of those bands, you know, where you sort of, you would talk about a band and people go, oh, my God, they're incredible. And, you know, Caprice Enchante came out. And a lot of people in 2019, a lot of people were like, "Oh my god, this is fucking excellent." And I thought it was really good, but I thought it was really good. Like, if you said to me, "Like, who are your favourite UK hardcore bands?" On that, I, it might have taken me a little while before I actually said of oh, the the Saint Pierre Snake Invasion. I think I eventually would have mentioned them, but they wouldn't be like the first name on the tip of my tongue. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I sort of feel like I kind of kept my powder dry a little bit while other people were going mad about them. And I'm kind of glad I did because it means that you have to believe me when I say that Galore is the best album that this band have done. And if they carry on in this vein of form, then they will definitely be one of the best bands in the country. This might be the best kind of pure guitar album of the year for me. In terms of like a a quote-unquote rock album, this might just be the very best rock adjacent, alternative rock adjacent album of the year. And why so? Well, it still sounds like the St. Pierre Snake Invasion. There's still all those kind of angular, dirty, cracked Hardcorey riffs. You still get Damien screaming and barking and bawling like you would do on, you know, like like you would expect from a a hardcore punk band. You still get all of that, but for me, the addition of this rollicking rock and roll, almost kind of early eighties, uh, post punk thing that they have added this like coolest lounge band in hell thing that they've got going on now like
2: yeah.
0: you and sam both mentioned the queens of stone age records which sort of briefly or sam i should say mention it briefly and for me you know i listen to this and i think god i, I wish queens of stone age sounded like this (laughs) I wish these songs were being played at the O2 or headlining download because all the riffing and the screaming and the shouting and you know they've I think they've written the best screamy shouty riffy songs that they've ever written in their career but what they've also chucked in is bits of electronica little bits where it kind of eases back into kind of borderline lounge pop, kind of borderline that Iggy Pop album that he did with Josh Homie, that post-pop depression album that came out. I loved that. And, you know, and again, Iggy Pop's only released, he released a brilliant album this year. Like right at the start of the year, you might remember everyone, right at the very, very start of the year, that Iggy Pop album that came out is great. It still sounds great, but fuck me, he cannot hang with St. Pierre Snake. You know, Iggy Pop, one of the (laughs) fucking all-time great icons of alternative music nothing he's doing can fucking hang with this and this reminds me of that kind of berlin pop bowie lou reed's kind of era mixed with fucking bad brains mixed with yeah. fucking black flag do you know what i mean like mm. that's the sort of shit that's going on here this is like this, like this, the the coolest sounding record, pretty much of the entire year. I love it. When you get to shit like the Overlook, and that there's fighting talk, I just think this band are doing something that no none of those other bands in this scene have got the bravery to do, and that's to be a hard pop band. Like this is like a hard. This is like the hardest pop rock record of the year. <laughs> The heaviest, hardest, most brutal, most killer, like, flick knife sporting, <laughs> greasy haired, Diamante suit wearing, chain gang fucking hard album of the year. I, I absolutely love it. And it's the best they've ever sounded. And not only is it the best they've ever sounded, it is twice as good as they've ever sounded before. And I think they sounded pretty fucking good before. So yeah, man, Galore by St. Pierre Snake Invasion is killer. I am all behind what Sam says. Great record. Great record. I believe it's your turn, Gaz. Unless you have anything to add to that?
1: Uh, no, it is Yeah, it is absolutely, absolutely fantastic. I do need to listen to it kind of more. It was on my radar big time. I think that came out. Like a few weeks before I started on here, mm-hmm. and so I, I need to go back and give it the uh, repeated listens that it obviously deserves. I was I was well into because I, I remember um, like you and um him um yeah. going batshit over Caprice on on Chante. Yeah, um, I, when I, a and, very very good record. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. But you know, wh- whether the new one's better for me, I haven't listened to it enough yet. I was fully invested in the previous album, like massively invested in it. So, but yeah, it's going to be going on tomorrow. Get it on, mate. It's For sure. Great. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my go, isn't it? It is yeah. your go. It is, yeah. I, fucking, I just spunked three and one by doing GGB. <laughs> so, uh, right, Sorry. here we go. Oh we go. Okay. Um, slow dive. Everything is alive. Ah, oh, mate. Great shout. Oh. I was I, I remember when we did the did the Your Cult Pop on um on Suvlaki and um uh, one of us said oh the other guy new album coming out soon and I was so excited I was mm. so excited for this cuz uh, you know the comeback album um came uh, come out what 2 3 years ago now uh was was superb but this is this is probably the best album they've done in their career this is it, it's such an incredible comeback story you know as we went, like I said, as we went to, into on the Patreon, um, you know, they went from being zeros in 1994, and you know, Noel Gallagher wanting to get rid of the the slow dives of this world, and you know, being a bit of a kind of punchbag punchline, um, the whole kind of like end of the kind of shoegaze scene and stuff, to being one of the biggest reunion stories for years, like that that show they they did at Primavera when they reformed has kind of gone down in history and i know people that were there and they said it was like it was the best set they've ever seen at Primvera um you know the the self titled um comeback album one I was, I was alluding to just now it was absolutely fantastic but this is this is even better this is the best thing they've ever done it's got a wonderfully hazy kind of quiet electronic shoegaze with a big big fat dollop of uh, of kraut rock there's a lot of kraut rock on this album and i'm all for it Um, you know ethereal kind of barely audible vocals wash over gloriously delicate guitar lines and it's just it just sounds so utterly joyous warm analog synths um, you know kind of bring something new to the slow dive sound with absolutely incredible results um the whole whole thing kind of front to back it's great you know it's it's an eight-track album 41 minutes shanty's amazing uh, skin in the game by uh, La Prairie remembered is, is absolutely superb. And I'm so glad that they're kind of out of all the reunion stories, this is all the reunions like events that we've had, I guess, since you know the pixies are probably it's probably all their fault, really. But this is the one that's kinda of filled me with so much joy. I've always, I've always I mean I've gone into it on various pods over the years, I've no issue with bands reforming, be that Faith Number Reviews, that the driving, whoever, right, insert band here. I start getting fucking squeaky bum when they go, We're gonna do some a new album But both slow dive comeback albums post reunion have been absolutely superb and everything is alive is absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah, mate. I tell you what, I I didn't actually consider this one because I just didn't. Fuck, like I didn't. I didn't listen to it for a while afterwards. Mm. But having just done, and you can read this, my uh, worst of best is the Jesus and Mary chain. Hello. Up on louder today, you you disagree with it, by the way. Before you even get to the spoiler, I do. Yeah, you got it you wrong. Do. I did get it wrong. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I didn't. I don't know. Anyway, but um but i went on a bit of like oh i don't listen to a load of these bands and i put that slowdown album on again i was like oh yeah this was good wasn't it it was good yeah Yeah. very good nice nice
1: bloody wonderful
0: yeah it is excellent right okay you might have expected this one to be a little bit higher the way i went absolutely batty for it and i've already kind of nailed my colors to the mask by saying that urn was the best metal album of the year but in terms of everything we said about how disappointing it is to get a Metallica album to get an Iron Maiden that does fuck all the only time in living memory I can remember a big band I'm talking about a big, big, big band from that scene taking anything even broadly resembling a risk was Avenged Sevenfold Life is But A Dream that is a real risk and I suppose actually people could say well the stage was a risk wasn't it and yeah, maybe the stage was a bit of a risk, releasing it weirdly and on the just not announcing it, and it just coming out and it being this big, long kind of prog rock thing. The stage now sounds like the a, a bog-standard metalcore album in comparison with Life Is But A Dream. I think even if you don't like this record, and I know there are a lot of people who don't like it, uh, shame on you, but I know there are a lot of people that don't like it, this had to happen. It just had, somebody had to do this. And when I do see people going, oh, this is the worst album I've heard this year, I I feel really, really, it, that is depressing. That is another thing that makes me go, oh, I really don't want metal to be like this. I really don't want people who like metal to be like this because I don't feel like if this had come out on any other genre, that the reaction would have been the same. Do you know what I mean? Because... For all of the stuff that you might not like about this record, I find it very, very hard for someone to think that it's bad, you know? Because yes, it's weird, quite weird. I mean, I would say it's not as weird as what I'm about to talk about in a second after this, (laughs) but it's a weird record. It's certainly a weird, massive stylistic deviation for a band who are an arena, nearly stadium, Festival headlining band. Yeah. And so even before you press play on Life Is But A Dream, you've already kind of won me over because I just feel like a big band needs to do this. You know, a big band needed to do something like this. And what is good is that, you know, a lot of people hate it. But for everyone who hates it, there's someone like me who absolutely fucking loves it. Because I do genuinely think this is completely brilliant. And I'm not going to have these fart-sniffing nonsense comparisons like, well, actually, Mr. Bungle did it. the Mr. Bungle haven't sold any fucking records. It's Mr. Easy... Bungle have
1: never headlined downloads. Yeah,
0: it's easy to be Mr. Bungle. It's easy to be insert band on Fucking the 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 fourth stage of Arc Tangent, who were going on at quarter past twelve. It's easy to be that band because nobody gives a shit whether you split up, whether you exist, whether you you know no no one cares about what you do. Right? I say no one. Obviously, I'm sure. Fucking, you know, those bands have their fans and whatever. I'm not saying nobody cares, but it's not. It's not a. It's not a career in the same way as th- something like, a, you know, a of the Crit. It's not as many eyes on it. There's not m- different types of people to win over. If you've got to the point where you're listening to Mr Bungle, if you've got to the point where you're listening to, you know, Three Trap Tigers or something like that, you, you, you... you they're not even really challenging to you. It's not even really a challenge because you like you already like that sort of thing. You must do, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this little band who are weird. The people that listen to Avenged Sevenfold are people who listen to well early Avenged Sevenfold are people who listen to Five Finger Death Punch. The people who listen to, last time I saw Avenged Sevenfold on tour, Disturbed her opening for them disturbed <laughs> we're opening for them this is the sort of people that they have to win over so yeah. it is brave it is brave and you can't go well it's not as weird as th- the absolute weirdest thing in the entire world no of course it's not going to be absolutely the most mental thing ever but this is mental enough this kind of pink floyd daft punk Ka- like all the things that sam said i'm just reading off the same things that sam said last week but like <laughs> tangerine dream pink floyd kanye west Daft Punk, yes. Metallica, yes. Mr. Bungle, yes. System of a Down, yes. Like it's still heavy. Mattel is still heavy. It's weird, you know. That kind of final suite of "Ordinary Death" or, or "G Ordinary Death" and "Life Is But a Dream" instrumental, which is almost like a kind of deflator at the end of the record, where you just go, "Oh, let's take a little, let's take a little moment to let the the kind of the the kind of the manicness of everything that's just happened." sort of wash over us. I just think there are just incredibly large amount of ideas for a band who p- must have been shitting themselves a bit to release something like this. And I just it's just fucking brilliant. It's just glorious to hear a massive band be weird. Like, I love it. I love I grew up with that sort of thing. Why are yeah. Faith No More my second favourite band of all time? Why at all? Like, one of my favourite band of all time. They're fucking weird. I want this mm. music to be weird. I don't want it to be one riff for fucking 90 minutes. I mean, I'm really not probably going in on how great the album is by saying this. But I think, absolutely, Avenged Sevenfold trying to make the White Album, but not kind of skimping on the thrashy riffs. I just... That is an idea that I can absolutely get behind. And the fact that they, like, to my ears, they pulled it off. They actually pulled it off. This album is less than an hour. The songs aren't insanely long. You've got, you know, you've got, like, Cosmic's seven and a half minutes. And fuck me, it goes all over the place. Adding in brass. Adding in electrics, electronics. electronics Adding in, like, funk bass lines. Adding in soul. Adding in, like, sinatra crooning stuff. Like... Again, you know, I compared it to events to I've compared Event Sevenfold to Faith No More last time uh, was and sounded and when we reviewed it I compared it to Faith No More. And I really do think that they they're doing the sort of thing that Faith No More had they have carried on, probably would have ended up doing. But they split yeah. up. And I can't really pay them much more of a compliment than that. than they really, really now remind me of kind of faith more's end game mm-hmm. and i don't like the snobbiness of some people who probably you know who <laughs> would like more 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 critically acclaimed music to go oh well the thing is about you know like you look at this band and they're massive yeah, and right. they bring disturbed out on tour with them ergo you're like oh look at them trying to do something like weird and they're no, not trying they have they have, they have done something weird, unusual. It is weirder and more unusual than the weird, unusual thing you think is weird and unusual that plays to 150 people at the Black Heart in Camden that no one gives two fucks about. That's not a risk. That tiny little band with 80 Spotify followers, they're not taking a risk. Even Semfold are taking a bigger risk by releasing this album and it's massively paid off because I think it's I think it's great. I think it's absolutely fucking great it is the best album they've ever done it is wow. far better than waking the fallen which is rubbish by the way um, <laughs> i said it again it's a crap album like grow up grow up and stop stop <laughs> listening to shitty old avenge sevenfold albums and listen to interesting new avenge sevenfold albums that's my <laughs> advice to you uh anyway there you go uh but a dream but Avenged sevenfold Enjoy. Thanks, Dr. Thanks, Dr. Hill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, uh, round rounding out my uh, my filthy, filthily fabulous fifteen, we have, and it gives me wonderful pleasure to say it yet again, welcome back, Paige Hamilton.
0: Oh, really? Bloody hell!
1: We have left by helmet. Hmm. I think it's. What
0: mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I'm quite surprised I'll, that I'll this has made a reaction in. there. I'm quite surprised it's made it, I suppose we've had it for quite a long time, haven't we?
2: Yeah.
0: Cuz I was like, oh, it's quite new, isn't it? Cuz it's got in like last minute, but then actually we've had it for yeah. a long time. So we've there you go. Yeah. 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 All right, go on. Sorry. Okay. Um, I was just like, "Cool, that- we only reviewed that last week and it's got in the top 20." But then I was yeah. like, oh, no, "Hold on, we've actually had it nah, for a long on, time." Yeah, yeah. Hold on, yeah, yeah. lads.
1: <laughs> it's It's everything that I've wanted and craved from a Helmet album since they reformed in 2003, 2004. Um, This is their best album since Aftertaste in 1997, which is the best Helmet album. Don't let anyone tell you it's not. Um, The riffs are back, the snarls back, the hooks are back. Did I say the riffs are back? The riffs! The riffs. The riffs. Did I say the fucking riffs are back? The riffs and the groove are back and uh it's yet another glorious comeback for a band that i'd buried years ago i'd given up you know i'm kind of repeating verbatim what i literally said like what two weeks ago but uh um it is you know i don't know if i said it at the top the episode left obviously um I generally think it is an album that can stand toe to toe with that run of three all-timers that they did in the '90s. Meantime, Betty and Aftertaste—it's it's as good as—it's genuinely as good as them. You know, every track is is superb. But like, um, "Holiday" has an absolute classic chorus that far, far, far away. It's just all gnarly hooks and real songwriting chops. NYC Tough Guys is hard as nails. Um, Gun Fluff is is great Um, just a wonderful kind of timely reminder for me if no one else as to why I adore this band Mm. it's been kind of justified for the last three quite poor albums really poor albums actually and to come back with something like this in a year of quite a few really Really fucking good comebacks, this is one of the best, mm. but not the best the second best, right, okay, good
0: um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good I mean yeah, I like it. it's as we said in the review last week, one of the yeah. certainly up there in the helmet discography, mm. I would say, right yeah up that, there. I'll definitely Surprisingly right up there for me, yeah, 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 um, so anyway, I just spoke about venture Sevenfold, and I actually interviewed uh the Gates from Avengers Sevenfold. And I said, yeah, what nice. new bands have you been jamming that sort of inspired this record? And he said, Kim Dracula. I don't know anything about Kim Dracula really. But he also said, 100 Gex. <laughs> and I went, oh here
1: here we yeah. Go. Here we
0: go. Oh yeah. So you did. And I thought that was very interesting and I thought it was very cool. And I'm going to put them kind of side by side where they belong. 10,000 Gex. By 100 Gex, the most obnoxious band in the entire universe. 100 Gex. They were a band who I couldn't quite believe my ears when I first heard them. And I do remember hearing them fucking out. Like, oh, it, it might have been as early as about 2018. I remember people talking about 100 Gex. When did they form? I'm not even going to see where they... So he formed in 2015, yeah. And I I remember someone going, I remember seeing something and being like, Hundred gecks are the maddest shit, and I was like, Let's have a listen. And I just thought, What is this? What the
2: fucking <laughs>
0: fucking hell is this? And was like, go away. And then someone suggested when we were right act to do the 100 gex, uh, album, one hundred gex album, Thousand gecks, their debut record as a as a York pop. And I do think that album, or that has grown on me a bit since I now have a lot of love for 100 Gex, I did think that record was a bit of a fucking mess. And my problem with hyper-pop has always been, where's the pop in your hyper-pop? Like, it can't just be like, hey, we're, we sing we singy songs. We're doing, like, nice melodies, but we're just battering them and, like, shoving a load of shit on top of them. And I was a bit like, come on, this is... It's, it's, write some I dare you to write some songs I dare you to write some songs and then I was in the car with my mate we had six music on and a song came on last year Doritos and Fritos and I was like this is what's this this is brilliant and at the end of it I believe it was Lauren Laverne went that was the new single from 100 gecks and I went Fuck you it, are... they were playing
1: that at breakfast time yeah yeah <laughs> Blimey.
0: and I was like it was a weekend so it was like a Saturday morning I was like a lot of yeah. hungover people listening to that yeah. Was it Saturday? maybe not I can't remember anyway but we were playing it and I was just like shit 100 gecks and I was like that's fucking that hell band. that's that band and so I listened to Doritos and Fritos and I was like yeah, it's not my imagination this is excellent this is excellent this sounds like what I would kind of want them to sound like which is just like very 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 super obnoxious but really catchy, mad collision of like Gabba and Limp Biscuit and pop punk and kind of modern SoundCloud rap. And I don't even know what else. Like kind of j- jingles from kids cartoons. And weirdly, and that's what this album essentially is, right? It is essentially that. And I'm not quite sure how they make it work. But they fucking do. Dumbest Girl Alive is 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 brilliant. It's got a, like a great chorus and it feels like the sort of thing that, that could get played at like, you know, on stage at the fucking Hollywood Bowl or something. Like it's massive. 757, again, is like a just a big fucking daft like dance song Hollywood Baby is like this two-stepping hip-hop anthem but played by like a B-list British new metal band and that is a compliment by the way you've got Frog on the <laughs> Floor which as Sam said is a bit of a like oh I'm not really sure about this it is a bit weird but it's so kind of weird and it's over in two and a half minutes that you just go okay and then you get Doritos and Fritos then you get Billy Knows Jamie which is so heavy so heavy million, I want... The most wanted person in the United States of America. I got my... I mean, I got my tooth removed is the Scar one. Again, like... Hard work. And then Me, Me, Me at the end. 26 minutes and 53 seconds. You have just been put through the ringer of the most obnoxious, bizarre... I mean, yeah, again, if people think the Avenged Sevenfold album is weird, this is weird. This is weird. And... It's gloriously weird. Like, I, I... I thought to myself, if 100 Gex come in and I'm just positive about their, their new album, I'll see that as a bit of a win. I love it. I love it. And again, there are people I know who despise it. And I love how much they despise it as well. <laughs> I said to Merlin, mate, it sounds a bit like Limp Bizkit, you're like that. And he was like, I fucking hate this. I hate it. What the fuck is it? And I'm like, oh, oh can't can't handle proper limp biscuit can you can't handle <laughs> can't handle unrefined pure limp biscuit uncut from that you gotta have the like the sedate poppy version this is a this is a great record this is a great record and it's so stupid and it is you know you go oh god they 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 teeter like fucking mm. like a cargo like a a car chasing james bond film going over a big cliff you sometimes go oh, you're teetering on the edge of being wacky uh. you're gonna you're, you're nearly wacky here lads um well not lads it's laura and dylan L- lad and ladette and uh. but mate i i just can't i i just want to listen to it all the time it is a it's like a, a pure hit of adrenaline this this album a pure non-stop hit of the most bizarre adrenaline it's fucking great am sorry I'm sorry world but I'm in I'm in on 100 gecks. I love
1: them enjoy it's, <laughs> I, I aged about 20 years when I listened to this oh did you
0: listen to it what did you think yeah
1: it's awful it's fucking <laughs> terrible but I could totally see why people love it I could see why you love it it's proper fucking just obnoxious it is so obnoxious. And bordering on kind of hilarious, but mm. yeah. I, I'm 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 with Mel here. Sorry, mate.
0: Well, you know
1: You and Sam can have your your fruity little club. I just bouncing off the walls, eat jelly beans and yeah, listen I to like it. this. It's great.
0: Fine. It's great. Uh go on then. So I believe we get into our top fives now, don't we?
1: Let's get down to business, motherfucker. Number five. Number five, we have. Therapy Cold Hard Fire.
2: Hmm.
1: Number five. Yeah, well, it's, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. 19th album of their career. And another wonderful therapy album. The most unhot of takes <laughs> I've ever uttered. Gaz likes a new therapy album. Here we go again. Right. Um the you know the most consistent band of my kind of lifetime and, and greatest band of all time, blah 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 blah. Stuff that I always say. But they've been on a run with like the last kind of three albums, it's they seem to have kind of injected a bit of the kind of short, sharp shock adrenaline stuff again into their music, which as much as I love the kind of the experimental stuff that they were doing at the end of the noughties with, with the albums like Crooked Timber and stuff like that. I love it. I love the kind of gnarly, horrible fucking therapy. I love that just as much as I love, you know, the going nowhere, trigger inside kind of therapy. But it seems like they, they've kind of gone back to, I wouldn't necessarily go back to the well because you know, Andy Cairn's never dumped, never, ever dumped the hooks. he's just an incredibly amazing songwriter. Um, but this this album just seems to be a kind of combination of where they've been going for the last two albums. I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that they've they've for this album and the previous album, um, Cleave, they got Chris Sheldon back on board to produce. Yeah, And he has always been the secret source of that. But he was part of the reason why Trump Gun was as incredible as it was. He was a really important cog, the wheel. Um, and like uh, the first, the first song that was released off the album was uh, "Joy," which was which was great. It was kind of you know gnarly little kind of dark pop song, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But then the second song they released before the M came out was "Powerland of Open Glory," which is it's their, their strongest single in years. Everything about it, literally within twenty seconds, you're at that first chorus. It's not Jerusalem. Jerusalem's a city in the Middle East. Just it's classic. It's just a classic therapy banger. It's got all the kind of calling points that you want from a two-minute therapy song. All meat, no bones. Like Songs stripped back to their most kind of instant, instantaneous kind of form. Um, Mongrel, um, track seven on the album, is probably the best song they've released. It's great, yeah. This century, maybe. Mm. I'm going back, you know, at least back to stuff like from... is the best song they've done since probably If It Kills Me of High Anxiety or something like that Mongolian Super Two Wounded Animals is brilliant uh, They Shoot a Terrible Master brilliant opener massive fucking big fuck off riff mm. Neil Cooper possibly the man of the match yet again one of the most underrated drummers around yes I know I still see people now going oh he's not Fife. it's like yeah I know he's now been in the band four times longer than Fife you know it's just like people saying oh you know like with Helmut oh it's not Jan, John Stania I know it's not John Stania you just kind of have to kind of accept that and Neil Cooper is and I've always been a massive fan of his because like he, was, he was a drummer in the Beyond back in the 90s he was in Cable as well he was on Cable's first album yeah with the mini album wasn't it um, but I think this is generally their strongest collection of songs since probably since High Anxiety and it's 10 songs 31 minutes and not a week has gone by since May since I, I came on and just spaffed and made an awful mess about how awesome I, I think it was and yeah bring on the 30th anniversary t- Travel Gum Tour next year <laughs> because it is happening it I is got the exclusive bit. news on we have the other little podcast there's yeah. now on extended hiatus well, no, hiatus <laughs> um, hiatus
0: mate yeah Yeah. it is very good it is really really good i was sort of thinking about where i would place this in regards to i guess the the kind of from yeah maybe like uh high anxiety and beyond and i'd say it's pretty high up there and you know as everyone knows i enjoy i really really like everything that therapy have done and I think this is mm. you know if you're going to do worst to best of therapy of their entire back catalogue I think oh. this would probably this would easily make the top half
1: oh yeah oh, definitely easily definitely.
0: make the top half and it would be you know maybe above a few sort of surprise ones yeah I think it is really mm. good didn't make my list but it is it is great it is really really good yeah. uh, my number five getting into my number five now I have gone four shook by Algiers the fourth album Uh, uh, by the experimental soul hardcore crew i don't really i don't really know what to call algiers because to me they represent something of a brilliant sort of trojan horse into all manner of music you like soul music but you want to get into something heavier here you go whack on irreversible damage um whack on a good man and get some just sort of genuine Stooges-esque punk rock thrills. You know, or like I say, look back on Irreversible Damage and get Zach Dallaroche's verse and, you know, finding something yeah. really fucking heavy. You want, you know, you, you, you like kind of heavy music. You like kind of heavy experimental, unusual music, but you kind of want something with a bit more, um, a, a bit more kind of instantaneous, soulful, kind of classic, songwriting now to it well you know you can you can check in 73 percent or you know bite back which even features but, but you want that with with big fucking hip-hop verses as well billy woods backwash zach de la big rube like so many people stick on something's wrong and just kind of let the, the the gorgeousness of it all kind of wash over you i went to see algiers and i didn't know anything about them like, this album came out and it fucking floored me. And I went to see them and I thought they were great. And they played in this little, t- you know, they played the they played the Dome. And I've been to the Dome a few times this year. It's the emptiest I've seen the Dome in a long time. I've seen quite a few bands this year playing at, at that venue. And it was, it's not a big venue, but it was, it was half empty. And I was like, I can't understand this. I don't really know what the hell's going on here. Because they sound like a band who should be filling... At least, kind of five thousand capacity Brixton Academy esque venues, they seem to have just a bit of everything going on. This record is um, really interesting lyrically in the places that it goes. That kind of like Sam said last week, this exploration of a broader sense of the the, of, of the black experience in the United States of America. I think they borrow from noise rock brilliantly, and I think they borrow from experimental progressive rock brilliantly. I think they borrow from pure soul and they borrow from modern sounding hip hop and they kind of create this thing which is challenging and yet also incredibly catchy at the same time. And it's mad to me that they're not as big as, well I'm trying to think of somebody who are even kind of comparable to them. There isn't I mean, that many people but like you know there are a lot of artists who are who are big. Who are really really big and they're not completely away from the world that algiers inhabit and yet they don't seem like they're a massive massive deal i've kind of mm. gone back and listened to bits and bobs of their other albums and again much like i said with young fathers last week this is the one that really sort of pulls me back in and, and speaks to me the most although saying that i do think everything they've done is is excellent but there is just so much going on—the the 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 layers and layers and layers of sound that you get on this record—and again, it's it's the not knowing where you're about to go. It's driving in a car with a blindfold on at eighty miles an hour. Hmm. It just feels incredibly, incredibly exciting. Yeah, classic soul mixed with Regency Machine mixed with m- clipping. Mixed with, like, you got Matt Tong of Block Party on drums. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: you know? yeah, the original drummer. Mm. So the you one is on this, Silent Alarm, so yeah.
0: So you have this kind yeah. of art rock, post-punk, hardcore-y sort of feel to it as well. You know, it just says on their Wikipedia page that they are an experimental band. And I think mm. that kind of conjures some sort of imagery up and it doesn't really tell the full story, but it also kind of does tell the full story as well because, yes, they are. They're an experimental band. It feels like nothing is really off-limits on this record, and that, to me, is exciting. The map of where this band can go is borderless, and it almost doesn't even feel like it because the amount of people that are on it and the amount of people that contribute to it and the amount of flavours that those extra people bring, oh, man, it's just... It's just fucking great, this record. It's fucking great. And it's probably like one of the... It's the first time this was the first album of the year where I went, might be album of the year, this. This might be album of the year. And for a long time, Mm. it was. There's a few other things that come out since that have, have, have sort of pipped it. But this was the first time I thought, oh, we've got an absolute album of the year contender here. And this came out in... February, 24th of February. February yeah. And I did think to myself, like that's going to be a tough one to beat. Um Four things have beaten it, but yeah, fuck me, still, the power of this record is massive. It is great. So that's my number five, Shook by Algiers.
1: Nice. I thought that was going to be around with you. Did you? Mm. I did, yeah. Nope. I've been thinking that since February, I think. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh Right, uh, my number four. Um sundial my no-name mm-hmm. it's it, it's something that i'm kind of still unpacking yeah right you know, this is a proper kind of ikea <laughs> album. um you know, br- breezy jazz rhythms and boom back beats i mean that's the proper bit of me um the kind of manifesto that opens up the album she's a shadow walker a moon stalker black author librarian contrarian and i'm just like wow okay this is where we're going strap myself in this is going to be an incredible incredible ride just such an incredible quite shape-shifting flow that's like incredibly gentle and like it and that kind of offsets the almost like nakedness um, of the kind of p- political rhetoric especially on namesake I mean we, we were talking about earlier like your songs of the, your kind of songs individual songs of the year namesake I think is my track of the year it's amazing yeah. track of the year earworm of the year I mean the amount of times that I've just been like go Rihanna go watch the fire the jet fly high <laughs> play yeah, the yeah, game so to pass the time <laughs> it's so good and it's that bum, bum 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 that kind of really dark gnarly kind of double bass uh, double bass riff at the start of it is um is incredible it's an absolute I think this is an absolute modern day classic and uh, an utterly fearless artist mm. who's not scared of going to places where other people fear to tread
2: mm.
1: a lot of her stuff is kind of very kind of you know front and centre and have you know, that whole kind of thing of, of um, but she's not afraid to kind of take the piss out of herself I think that's the funny thing Well, you know she's she kind of you know uh, was it? Um, I said I wouldn't perform for them, or somehow I still fell in line. You know, referring to like the Coachella set, which is um, which kind of ran counter to an earlier pledge not to perform for predominantly white crowds. She's fallible. Mm. She's human, man, and she knows that.
0: Yeah, man. Well, like I and, say, she, it's and a she'll contra- freely
1: admit it. And that's to me that is cool as fuck.
0: Yeah, like uh, uh, you know, th- this was a bit of a controversial album. You know, like as we said, as I said yesterday, and you know it doesn't make shit easy for if people have kind of and i feel like we've said this a bunch of times but people with certain political ideas maybe are or you have to confirm to conform to all of them otherwise you're at the club or whatever and she yeah. won't let you off the hook in doing like you know there are some things that you go Ooh, like oh, that's very very fucking raw some of the shit you're saying so yeah i mean i spoke about it yesterday but yeah it's a brilliant album she's Fucking she's fucking
1: incredible. She's a great. special ta- special talent.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, let's stay in hip hop. Let's strip away any of the sort of self-reflective, insular, uh politically minded stuff, and instead let's just go for a fucking laugh. Let's talk about <laughs>
1: the... You better watch your step. <laughs> let's
0: talk about Punk Tactics by Joe Valence and Bray. Oh. I mean, look. Are there more worthy albums that we're going to be talking about on this podcast? Are who there cares? more are there more creative <laughs> records that we're going to be talking about? Are there more unique and original albums that we're going to be talking about? Yes, there are. There have been unquestionably that is true, but Punk Tactics is an album that if anyone who ever put their fucking baseball cap on backwards, put on your (laughs) mum's big jewellery, pulled your pants down (laughs) below your bum and threw your hands around whilst listening to You Gotta Fight For Your Right To Party or No Sleep Till Brooklyn or Sabotage or Root Down or whatever, right? Or Flutterman's Rule even, which I fucking love, by the way. Um, (laughs) This album, it does all of that stuff for you. For the people that loved doing that, for the people that love the Beastie Boys and the Beastie Boys at their best and their most fun and their most cheeky and their most sort of instantaneous and and brilliant. Like, yeah man, the Beastie Boys were amazing artists. I mean, you know, Ad Rock, God rest his fucking, uh, sorry not Ad Rock, um, Adam Yalke, like, you know, rest in peace, you're a fucking genius. You're a fucking genius. And I'm not saying Joey Valance and Bray, are geniuses in in the same way as like that guy was who was the fucking creative fulcrum that made the Beastie Boys one of the most special unique singular artists of all time but what they can do is take the 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 most instantaneous obnoxious fun ott elements of the Beastie Boys bring it into 2023, where hip-hop clearly doesn't really want to do that kind of thing anymore. Because if it did, it would. I was talking about Drake earlier. I was talking about Drake and I was like, that fucking guy, that mopey, that mopey, horny, <laughs> overly serious guy. Like, you know, you need to listen to fucking punk tactics. The title track is incredible. Start a fight is like their their heart attack, man. Um Dance Now, Gumdrop, just furiously brilliant, OTT, like balls out, massive purple painted testicles being slapped in your face <laughs> of songs. Unbelievable. Watch your, watch your step. Like, watch your step. Yeah. Could be taken off, check your head. Could just be lifted straight from it. And that thing I said last week, and I didn't want to kind of cuss anyone out, I didn't want to call anyone out. I didn't want to be like a kind of shit to someone who, like, you know, responded to someone who's saying how much they like this album on uh, on our socials. Um, but this was the album that got the most love when we said, like, what's the album, you know, your favourite album of the year? This was the one I think that got mentioned the most. And the person yeah. who said, like, oh, you know, aren't they just Greta Van Fleet? I get it, right? I understand what you're saying. Like, is this not just an homage? Is this not just a pastiche like why do you need this if you've got the Beastie Boys? Well, you know, it's like I said last week, I think that for that part- that one particular thing that the Beastie Boys do, no one's doing that anymore. And yeah, you could go, well, hold on, just go and watch that. Look, I've seen Jay Vance and Braid live three times and they've been absolutely fucking amazing every single time. And also, I think these songs stand toe-to-toe with... The Beastie Boys doing sure, sure. Mm, mm, mm. certainly like integral like okay tread
1: fucking carefully, yeah, mate. I'm trying
0: <laughs> I'm going to try and tread as carefully as I as I possibly can. Right, I'm going to try and tread as carefully as I possibly can because I don't want anyone to turn around going. He said that it's as good as ill communication. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't I I I, I don't necessarily want to do that. Right, but License to Ill is not a great record. I think Punk Tactics no, is better than that. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Pause check your head, ill communication. Let's take them out of the conversation for a second. Yeah. This, this is the equal of Hello Nasty, I think.
1: That's better than Hello Nasty, I think.
0: Okay, I was... Yeah, I think this is better than To the Five Boroughs. Definitely.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. I think
0: it's better than The Mix-Up. And I think it's better than Hot Sources Committee Part 2.
2: Yeah,
1: it is. I don't really <laughs> so, class The Mix-Up, because that was more nah, like a kind of... Y- you
0: know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know... You know um, yeah. And so... Yeah you know it won't go into their ep's cuz the albums or whatever so you know the Beastie boys essentially if you if you count the mix up have eight studio albums this is better than at least four of them yeah and they and they're one of the best bands ever by
1: the way yeah they are the only one that comes close out of out of those ones you just listed was uh, out of like you know the the holy kind of trilogy the, the one for, in fourth place for me and always was and always will be, will be to the five boroughs. I do like to the five boroughs. Out of the out of the rest of the pack, to the five boroughs is, is my favourite, I think. Is it but really? Even, See, that, I don't... Even, even that's still a little bit patchy.
0: I don't really care for to the five boroughs that much, to be honest. So you know, oh, even fair. Now. But I mean, I would fair. say, like I, I think, you know, I, I think the one where I go, okay, it came out when I was such a massive fan of them and I look at like, Super disco breaking, remote control, body moving, yeah. intergalactic, 3MCs and 1 DJ.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. like there's a lot fuck. of good there's a lot of good shit oh, on Hello Nasty. So you, I am You're
1: right. You're right so I am like, yeah. but, but
0: look, but even then, I am like, you know, there's twenty two songs on Hello Nasty. This is a ten track album which lasts yeah. for about half an hour, and it yeah. just boots you up the arse and fucks off. It's brilliant. I'm having it. I'm having Joe Vance and Bray i love them punk tactics what an album that's my number four which number three gaz
1: my silence speaks volumes that's what i'm saying okay
0: (laughs) you move on you can move on
1: moving on moving on uh where are we number three number three well uh again uh this is an album That I think we reviewed pretty recently, but it's been in my life for a few months and another one that has barely been out of reach since uh, I first got recommended it by a very old friend. We are talking about the Cortina Protocol. Yeah. Now...
0: I did think after we recorded I was like oh I didn't give that Cortina protocol album a shout because it's fucking brilliant
1: it's great I mean this is obviously but I know this has been in kind of my my kind of wheelhouse like longer than you Um, it came out kind of you know you, so I've got an exact release date cause like I said before it's not actually on streaming yet if you want to listen to it you need to go on their band camp and if you haven't yet fucking get on their band camp site man yeah mm, it's good this Um, Yeah, the soundtrack to an obscure Italian noir thriller from the early 70s. That's how I'm going to sell it. A superb and sophisticated mix of Roy Budd and Lalo Schifrin drama, dubby bass, saxophone, uh, almost trip-hop live drums, all instrumental. Um, Just a really kind of classy, gorgeous kind of unnerving listen all double-crossing spires with attache suitcases and secret underground lairs with, uh, you know, sharks with lasers. <laughs> 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 lasers. Um, just, I, I implore you all to kind of listen to it. You know, there's a bit of Barry Gray in there as well. He was the guy that did all the kind of incidental inter- music for like Captain Scarlet and Joe 90 and um, a band from Uncle, I think he did as well. Also, Roy Budd did um, get Carter. Schiffer Shifred, fuck me, he did everything from Mission Impossible to kind of End of the Dragon to Bullets. Um, just yeah, it's it's just an absolutely fucking gorgeous, gorgeous listen. And I've, I'm, it's one of the albums I've listened to most over the past few months. It was it was pretty much daily when I first got recommended. I I got recommended it by um, offering a friend of Michael Barney. Uh, who plays saxophone on this actually? Um, and I, I listened to it at the Bandcamp site. So I think by the time we got to track two, I'd already, I'd, I'd, I'd need to, I need to own this. Mm. And uh, and like I said on the uh, when we reviewed it, it actually came, my vinyl actually came from Italy, which I still fucking love. Yeah, <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, hence why I had to pay import tax. I didn't vote for it.
0: It's a good record, no. this. And uh, uh, cool. after I didn't say it at the time, but it kind of reminds me a bit of Third by Porter's Head as well. It's got that kind of... Yes, yeah. Sh- especially especially with absolute the, kind of existentialist dread that hangs with across the dr- everything. Yeah. It's the drums as yeah. well, the drums.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of the, self, the self-titled Porter's Head album. Andy album the third as well. You know? mm. Mm. Some. Really good. It's, it's great. It What's is. You- Bloody wonderful. The Cortina Protocol. Uh, it's self-titled. So that's right. Oh, yeah, it's, it's,
0: it's self-titled. I for, I'd forgotten. But yes, um, that is really good. That's your number three. My number three. Yeah. I think, is this the latest one that, to come in? No, maybe it isn't actually because uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but it's it very, very late in the day and it's certainly super high. Uh, I think mm. it, we reviewed it around the same time as we reviewed the Sufjan Stevens album, I think that had come out before, but we reviewed it okay. on that show and it was my album a month and it was kind of a toss-up between those two. But I think because weirdly I'd heard Sophia and Stevens before, but that is a record that carries on kind of giving more and more to me. Whereas Famous Last Words by Cass is Dead. Oh the yeah. second I heard hmm. a note from it, I was like, this shit is Right up my alley. I mean, it's twenty-two songs. A lot of them are quite short. He's a London-based MC who has been doing the rounds for many years. This is his first album, and this is an unbelievable mix of Scarfacey, Blade Runnery, Marshmallowy '80s synth pop mixed with. Stories and tales from the hard life on the street like it is the most brilliant juxtaposition of theme and style that you will hear in any album this year. This is a brutal record thematically, lyrically. Cass is Dead is he goes fucking hard. And I saw his gig like just after we reviewed it, I went to see his gig. It, and and the gig was b- b- mega aggressive. Do you know what I mean? I think I said it when we reviewed it. Like, super yeah. aggressive. And you kind of feel like, on one hand, you go, when I listen to, you know, I'll drink pineapple juice for you. Yeah. Like, you think, well, that ain't going to make people rage hard. It's got Neil Tennant from the Pet Shop Boys turning up yeah. at the end for this lovely, <laughs> like, Vangelis-y yeah. synth-pop song. There's so much of it. Lucin. Do you remember what it was like? You know, Venom. These songs that are like gloriously Gap Bandy meets Duran Duran, meets <laughs> Tears for Fear. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got like yeah. all of the sort of, all of the musical references <laughs> yeah. that I would Oh, have... I, w-
1: I wonder why Steve likes yeah, this. Yeah, so. all <laughs> of the musical references that I
0: use for Nation of Language. I was talking about the Human League. They're kind yeah. of, Human League is kind of, you know, quite camp, downbeat, fay. Uh, synth pop band musically Cass is Dead is pulling from I mean probably actually even less cool stuff like (laughs) he's probably he's pulling from like Fucking Alexander O'Neill yeah. and Hue and Cry and shit like yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? What lads? Like, he's taken this sort of <laughs> sophistipop pop shit that we were talking about, that like the level 42 and shit like that.
2: He's gone. Yacht Rock, and it's yacht, yacht Rock.
0: He's yeah. gone full Yacht Rock, and he's done this yeah. record. And I think yeah. you, you take that away and you put Phil Oakey or Simon lebon on vocals, and you've got yeah. maybe the greatest. 80s synth pop (laughs) comeback album of the 21st century because musically it's fucking incredible but you don't get that no no you don't get that what you get is this hyper aggressive really fucking angry but really really cool really unique flow from this guy who is you know talking about guns and stabbing and Mm. drugs and sex and getting like drive by like and it is. It's wild. It's such a wild album. It's such a surprise to look at a record which is, you know, twenty three songs long, and you go, "Oh, hip hop," you know, you're doing your albums are too long, and it, it is a long album. It's you know, it's it's an hour long, and you go, oh, "Am I going to need an hour of this?" Uh, you know, again, it's. Some, I I recommended it to Merlin, and I was like, "Mate, you have got to listen. This is incredible." And Merlin was like, "Oh." It's a bit long in it an hour can i really sit there for an hour and go through all of this and then he was like oh, yeah i can actually and i was like yeah you it just it flies by it's flies by. brilliant this album absolutely brilliant it is terminator by way of kid adulthood, but done in tony montana's fucking strip club absolutely <laughs> joyously brilliant and dangerous and wonderful i i love this if it wasn't for something else this would unquestionably be the best debut of the year but it's not quite what's your number two Gaz
1: my number uh, my numero de. um yeah it was whilst it's probably you know not it's Kind of genuinely, kind of perfect, kind of album. But in terms of like a comeback album, and from a band that always meant the world to me, and even if they'd never released this, they'd still always mean the absolute fucking world to me. Um, Out of out of those kind of, what do you call it? Like third wave of kind of Brit rock albums from like you know two thousand two, two thousand three. You know you had the neon handshake you had casually dressed um you had fake sounds um you know various others that, um you know the would by ocean size and stuff like this but my favorite album from that era was ideas above our station and hundred reasons right never came never came anywhere near like making a half decent follow up to Ideas Above Our Station and the way it kind of just ended with an absolute well not even a whimper you know it got to the point where even their parents didn't give a fuck if their band was still together do you know what I mean mm. um, you know you, you just see like you know, Colin saying to his mum oh yeah with bands split up and his mum going I thought you split up like three years ago <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean and it was so fucking sad that and then it was i think it was pretty probably been around about this sort of time last year a good friend of mine who works from um, works for a pr company um he messaged me going mate i've heard a few tracks off this new hundred reasons album that's coming out i didn't know there was a new hundred reasons album coming out until he said this to me but yeah, had a little believe that like end of november start of december last year and he was like mark my words mate we now finally after You know, 20 years, we now finally have the proper follow up to Ideas Above Our Station. So it gives me just insane great pleasure to say my number two album of the year is Glorious Sunset. The absolute kind of bullseye comeback of the year. Like, who the fuck saw this coming? I think Sam said it. Well, he said it, well, because it was in his top 20 albums of the year. I'm sure you both said it when you reviewed the album earlier because it's been out most of the year, this album. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just you know a wonderful kind of widescreen old school emo post hardcore album in the truest sense you know old school way replicate new glasses lol <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> um, it suits you you know all 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 those songs I've just listed are but already kind of bonafide kind of classics and the 100 reasons kind of oeuvre um, and they all kind of when I saw them like live at the Hammy um, earlier this year all those songs from the new album already felt like kind of old friends yeah. everyone was singing along so they just fitted in absolutely seamlessly um, and you know if this is their kind of final bow what a fucking way to go out they're now it's kind of weird that they're they're all I think they are actually kind of bigger than they were when they were at their biggest, which is kind of bizarre. Yeah. I
0: you mean, know. they, yeah, I mean, I. they may well be. May I mean, well I think they be. only
1: ever got, they, they only ever got to Brixton level. Mm-hmm. I mean, is, is Hammy bigger than Brixton? It's
0: about the same size, roughly. About I the think, same size. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. you know.
1: It, I mean, granted, it, it, was a, it was a three-band bill, obviously, Hells for Heroes, you know but mm. I suppose if you if you were going to be a fan of Hellas for Heroes you are going to be a fan of My Virtual and 100 Reasons as well yeah. let's be absolutely honest about yeah. this it'll be but, interesting you know,
0: to see where they go next
1: oh I'm not sure they will I'm not sure well well, well in terms of where they play well, yeah well yeah true, um, true. you know I may or may, may out... not have some intel on that but we'll talk yeah, about
0: yeah, that Yeah, yeah. I nearly I, I, I opened my mouth and that was a
1: no mistake. don't do that don't do that don't open your mouth just, just keep your mouth shut um yeah, I if this if this is their final album, I I'd, I'd really hope it is their final album because they won't ever do an album as good as this again. This is by some distance the second best hundred reasons <laughs> album. It really is. <laughs> I mean, it really really I mean, I is. Mean, like like Sam was saying, he doesn't have that kind of emotional attachment being you know a youngling that we have to ideas. You know, we both hold that album in quite yeah. fucking high regards. You know, um, and. Yeah, I I I love this band and I and it was, it was glorious kind of hearing it in kind of 4D when I did see them and they opened the set with the title track "Glorious Sunset" but I, I old school way when they played that I I literally I lost, absolutely lost my shit that is the best song on the album the old school way mm. it's one of the best songs they've ever written I yeah, think yeah it's brilliant yeah it's really good it's, yeah great that was yeah number two album hundred reasons Come back of the year "Glorious Sunset". Fuck me. I never thought I'd be saying that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, my number two, the best debut album of the year, by the way. I didn't have it last year. I'm fucking glad I didn't have it last year. I'm glad I waited it out. And I waited it out because part one of Angels and Queens by Gabrielle's came out last year. Oh. Part two is the album in full. And the reason I didn't pick part one last year is because I thought to myself, When I get this in full, this 27-minute, seven-track thing that I've got is incredible. But when I get the whole thing in full, I really feel like there might be something quite special here. And the addition of an extra six songs on this record and some of the six songs that they have chucked in here, I, I, I mean, love and hate in a different time yeah is gorgeous oh. glory is just oh it makes me want to swoon every time i <laughs> listen to it it's fucking brilliant um you know like professional is is, is another great one and, and they've ended as they did on part one they've kept mama as the final song on this record. For those of you who don't know who Gabriels are, you know, we did review them last year, but they are a Compton, Californian soul trio. And the soul is, you know, the, the, when I speak about Algiers and you speak about other hip-hop albums, oh, they bring great soul music into it, right? The thing is, is that those are elements that make up something else. Making great soul—I think it's one of the hardest things to do in the modern era to make mm. great soul music because the past, what we have from Otis Redding and Marvin Gaye and Nina Simone and Ella Fitzgerald and Aretha Franklin and James Brown and do you know and Stevie Wonder and do you know I could go on and I could go on and on and on and on, yeah. and, on yeah. and on and on and on. And on. That era from kind of, I would say, the the early 50s through to, I guess, sort of prior to the the disco era. Although, you know, you do still get some really great soul music going into the 80s, but it changes quite a lot. But that classic sound, the Motown, the stacks, that soul music. The reason it's held in such high regard, the reason you can't look at a best album of all time, List or best songs of all time or best singers of all time, and not scroll all the way down to the bottom and see what's going on by Marvin Gaye or Respect by Aretha Franklin or you know James Brown live at the Apollo or or Sam Cooke. The reason why you don't see that, you see those people there still all these years, like all these years later, is because it's so I think it's so hard to replicate the feel and the sound and the time and the context and the way that this music was created and the way that it it was a it feels like it was a kind of once in a lifetime opportunity for that to happen that kind of thing you think well it'll never happen again and i listened to a lot of like you know i've listened to a lot of like new soul artists over the years we were chatting about I mean, we chatted about Jamiroquai the other day who, you know, they're not a soul yeah. band as such, but like that kind of acid jazz funk thing they had going on. You go, oh yeah, Jamiroquai, they're actually great, great, greatest hits band. Really good, greatest hits mm-hmm. band. You know, like I can go back through, you know, the the, the timeline of stuff that I've listened to throughout, you know, my, my time on this planet that came out at the time and go, oh yeah, lots of really good soul singers came out of my time. But nothing like that. Nothing like the greats, do you know what I mean? And I just think no. that, like, the fact that when I listen to Angels and Queens and I listen to Jacob Lusk's voice and I go, oh wow, he sounds like he's releasing this in 1968. He sounds like he's recording this with Huey P. Newton and the Black Panthers or Richard Pryor, or do you know what I mean? He sounds like he's a, about to go on tour with Patti LaBelle. And you just go, that's fucking remarkable. Because there's really sort of, stylistically speaking, there's nothing new about this album. Again, almost like we're saying about Joe Vance and Bray, like you could turn around and go, why don't you just listen to Marvin Gaye? Well, nobody in the modern era can do this. And I think this music is so brilliant and so special when you get it right when you listen to a song like taboo i mean it is
1: takes your breath away yeah it it
0: your it freezes your blood your blood will chill listening to a a song like that and jacob lusk is a openly gay black man existing in this current uh society that we exist in and you know i'm not gonna get my soapbox and talk about you know, what I reckon his experiences must be like and blah, blah, blah. I'm I'm not going to do that. But what I will say is every single syllable that comes out of his mouth, every utterance on this record, I, I find just totally captivating. He is... Incredible. He's got a magnificent yeah. voice and he's got a, a brilliant presence and he expresses himself in, you know, much like we were saying about Joe from Urn. Like, I know that it's a weird comparison to compare, you know, a guy playing bass with all this fury and roaring, but the kind of the primal scream of despair and hurt and pain that you can feel throughout all of this you know jacob luss was a guy who was on american idol and was told to keep his sexuality you know 10 15 10 or 10 12 years ago he was on american idol and was told you know oh, uh, don't don't be openly gay and he's had to go away and meet these two guys and again you know i, I want to shout out um sonwave the drummer and ari buzanin the pianist and you know he does the strings arrangements and actually plays mm-hmm. viola and cello and synthesizer and, and does a lot of them and the and the violin like the kind of the 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 brilliant sort of love letter to the classic era of soul that this record is you know I think without Jacob Lusk it would lose a lot but they yeah. they bring so much to it as well and I think every single song on this record is just—it's the sort of thing that I didn't think could be made anymore. I didn't believe no. you could make music like this anymore. It's fucking outrageous, absolutely outrageous. It's brilliant.
1: I'll tell you what, mate. I'd love—I, you know, what I'd love to hear is um Jacob doing the next James Bond theme.
0: Oh, mate! Oh. It'd be fucking unbelievable. That? Imagine yeah, that. I mean, incredible. They they played. I think they played the Union Chapel in London a few months, like about three or four months wow. ago, and I was That's like, shit. and it sold out, and I was like, fuck, and yeah. I was like, I I need, I need to get to see this band, because at the moment, again, they're not that big. You know, I saw no, a bit, I not. saw a bit of them supporting Out in John, when I didn't know where they were, and I was like, oh, they're cool, they're really good, um, but I didn't know who they were really. And, yeah. you know, now he's been, he's gone out on stage out and John during the, his Glastonbury performance and stuff. Mm. I, I just feel like, you know, Algiers, you go, oh yeah, you know, they've they you know they've got a bit of rock and they've got like this hardcore thing and they've got this sort of experiment at hip hop, but they've also got really big songs. There is absolutely no reason on the face of planet Earth that I can conceive of that Gabrielle's shouldn't be a festival headlining massive band shouldn't be like one of the definitive artists of going forward in the next decade.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Glastonbury, well, any festival, man. Oh, in, mate, the, like. All point,
2: you know. It,
0: how could this? How can this not happen? How, how can this can not this how not how can this fail? It yeah.
1: can't
2: fail. Uh, it, it, can can't, it can't. It can't. Surely not. I, it's I really. Too, fu-
0: it's too fucking good. I really too good. genuinely think it I, it, it's it's one of the few albums on this list that I would say I don't believe you don't like it. Uh, if if I, 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 I I would I would find it really really weird if someone turned around to me and went that was shit like I would find that really weird I don't care yeah, what no. music you're into I couldn't give a shit what music it. you're into that is a that would be a bizarre thing to say because it just shows that you are, what, a fucking brain dead basically I I I, I it doesn't make, it doesn't compute with me how you could hear that and not be impressed i just don't understand anyway there you go angels and queens i've not actually heard anyone say anything bad about it so you're probably all with oh, yeah. me i'm gonna guess um i hope so angels and queens number two very 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 close to number one but gaz what is your number one?
1: Oh yeah well i think we've all worked it out
2: <laughs>
1: the most fun album i've listened to this year the most fun album I've listened to in god knows how many years. It's all right, Tate. You can still have fun in your mid forties. You can, mate. You certainly can. You, 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 your back will say "fuck you" and your, and your knees will be like, "Not today, love." I've got a headache, but boy, you're gonna have some fun. It's Joey Valance and Bray, <laughs> punk fucking rock tactics. You better watch your step. And uh, yeah, it's you know nostalgic, hyperactive, brimming with energy. You know, yes, it uses Beastie Boys as a starting pistol, but is that really a bad thing?
2: Mm-mm.
1: I love the fact that they brought this kind of like sound and style of hip hop, kicking and, stre- and screaming, into this like into this world where no one kind of all like the cool hipster people don't want this shit. They don't want to be. They don't want fun hip hop again. How dare you! you know and you know it sounds so fresh vital and fun f u n remember fun remember hip hop being fun hip hop hip hop was the fucking greatest fun music ever put your Xanax down
0: and then jump up yeah. and down you like
1: put your Xanax down and yeah wait for the mm, drop <laughs> come on you know it's it's all just it, just fantastic fucking just stupid pop culture rhymes, raw beats and production techniques all kind of cut and paste and references to video games and comic books and pop culture and it all gets fucking machine gunned into your eyes and ears so quickly you kind of struggle to kind of draw breath because you know we haven't heard a Beastie Boys album since, was it 2006? No, it was 2007? Fuck off, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Wow, okay. All right, I stand corrected, Selling the man the orthopedic shoes. I could have sworn it was earlier than that. Or 10. Lie.
0: I think it was 10 or 11. I can't remember. I've
1: just said it, actually. Well, so oh, just... it's still a long time ago. Yeah. It's still been a while. It's still yeah. been a while. Um, You know, it has a real kind of air of confidence about it all. It's like they know how fucking good this sounds. They know that people have wanted this without realising they they've wanted this. You know, just wonderful kind of street-level, old-school hip-hop. But it deserves to be huge. You know, massive drops, tailor-made for festival stages, and shit-eating grin rhymes that refuse to leave your conscience, you know. Who's got the high ground now, Obi-Wan? <laughs> 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 Done in the best fucking like, Hey, it's just mm. Mike D. <laughs> it's, it's just everything about it. You know, it's genius. It's fucking next-level genius, you know. And unlike aggressive Van Fleet, okay, it's not fucking calculated it's not done as this bullshit fucking cash made in Greta their bedroom. Van Fleet. yeah exactly exactly Greta Van Fleet was made a in lease. a fucking boardroom right they are the latest in a long line of bands over the last 30 odd fucking years right since the mid 80s like Zeppelin split in 1980 when John Bonham died you can name a million fucking bands. It all started I think the first one was there was a band called Kingdom Come, right? Like even they were well like, I think they were like a German kind of rock band, right? And they were they they were accused so much that like, I think even uh, I think like Gary Moore wrote a song about them called Lead Clones. You know, they they were the, they were the great and found fleet of their day. All these bands were fucking you know, we need a band that sounds like fucking Led Zeppelin. It was all made up by fucking record companies, right? This is a natural thing done for the love of the fucking music and like you said done in their fucking bedroom and it has struck a chord with young with with kids my son knows who Joe Valance and Bray are because mm-hmm. it's fucking mate. TikTok saw him at, right?
0: Ra- at Redding fucking yeah, exactly, kids going right. crazy and,
1: yeah and people our age will be like I've 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 gone to people like you, like you you love the Beastie Boys listen to the, listen to this out by Joe Valance and Bray and everyone comes back going it's fucking great it just reminds me of the Beastie Boys and it's like yeah It was fun, isn't it? It's fun. It's great. And nothing else came close to this, really, for me this year. There was a lot of albums I could have squeezed into the top five, but this was my number one album of the year from the second I heard it. Mm. Nothing else came close. And it's fucking glorious. Thank you, Joe Vallance and Bray, for just, yeah, making my ears (laughs) a happier place to be this year. Drop!
0: It's so good. Right my number one album of the year and i tell you what i've said this already like this is kind of a bit of a continuation of what you're just saying about you know there are a lot of like very very worthy and critically acclaimed and chin stroking like you know difficult albums and there are albums that i think are you know very very meaningful and blah blah blah, blah and all that stuff right that there, there really are but i have to be honest with you and talk about the album that I've listened to the most, and probably the album that I've enjoyed the most. And if you'd have said to me, again, this is another one where it's like, how has this happened? If you'd (laughs) have said to me at the start of the year, your favorite album of the year will be by a massive Warped Tour pop-punk band, (laughs) I would have cut your head off. (laughs) I'd have taken that as an absolute insult, right? But then, I probably wasn't expecting This Is Why by Paramore. Which, like, I do not, or did not, I should say. I did not care about Paramore at all. When they were releasing albums like, you know, Riot. Riot and Brand New Eyes around that period, I actively quite disliked them, in fact, right? because i didn't you like
1: you surprised me <laughs> yeah because
0: i was listening to fucking opeth damnation yeah. like pig mm. destroyer and i didn't really want another kind Struck of stroke your chin like right. yeah sort of mm. sunshiny summery warp tory punk rock band i thought no 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 i'm not I'm, I'm not up for this i'm not up for this and then i remember you know ain't it fun being played a lot on the radio when i was on team rock and i was like this is actually a good song and I remember after Laughter coming out, and I was like, oh, "Do you know what? This doesn't really sound like pop punk in the way that I thought Paramore sounded like pop punk. This has much more to do with, you know, Cyndi Lauper. And you know, I mean, my most listened to song of the year is actually Hard Times by Paramore, which from that from that album, which I've just fucking read like absolutely loved this Great year. Great song, man. Yeah. And I feel like this is the end game for this band all that kind of like quite fluffy teenagery stuff that they did in the, in the in the 2000s which got them really when they big. were teenagers when they were teenagers to be fair to them yeah when they were teenagers and then that kind of that kind of quite fluffy quite throwaway you know like that type of music is there's not a lot of depth to it but then I do think Paramore do at least have you know, an interesting front person to to, to to kind of deliver that stuff and they were probably a better band than, I mean, Fall Out Boy or blink one eighty two 2 or whatever you want to fucking chuck in there. I mean, that's not, you know, like, oh, Icarus, how doth they fly so high or whatever. <laughs> and, but then when this came along, and I remember hearing the single The News, which I think was the first song to be released from it in fact i'm going to check to see if that was true i know it's a title track i'm not sure i'm not sure i heard the title track but i do remember hearing the news late last year and i was like fucking hell this sounds like talking heads and not like pearl jam when they did talking heads where you were like oh it's weird that pearl jam have decided to sound (laughs) like talking heads doesn't really doesn't really suit them that now No. i was like this actually feels like a really really good fit so i was interested and when this record came out and you've got 10 tracks over 36 minutes you've got again massive peter hook bass lines you've got the um the evolution of the music that they've made from you know kind of really bog standard warp tour pop punk into quite interesting very commercial sounding 80s pop into this now post-punky block party meets new order meets talking heads meets i'm gonna say it gas blondie and (laughs) even you know touches of stuff like maybe alanis morissette maybe yeah definitely maybe In in
1: in the vocal melodies for sure yeah
0: and you know, I think Haley Williams does a really great job of making all of these songs sound massively memorable throughout. I, you know, I think there's even bits of, I mean, one of us mentioned the Go Team the other week,
2: mm.
0: who were a two thousand sort of dance rock band who no one really remembers, but yet mm. you listen to, to uh, Seikom Sa, and you go, well, that sounds a bit like the Go Team. Running Out of Time mm. is lovely and catchy. I mean, you know, there's 10 tracks on here, I think all 10 of them are great. This album is so good, right, that Paramore released a remix album of this album a couple of months yeah. ago, and that nearly got into my top 20 because it's oh, wow. that fucking good, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, there's another question I never thought I'd say in 2023. A remix album, hey, it's really good. Yeah, I know. Get it's one re- it, it, I actually gave a fuck about.
0: Taking foals is- and... Zane Lowe and Wet Leg and letting them yeah. loose on these songs having,
1: having something you know nice to say about Zane Lowe in 2023 <laughs> again who the fuck saw that coming
0: yeah Not me. I mean <laughs> Big Man Little Dignity is as Sam mentioned last week is a, is just a really really nice ballad Liar is mm. a really really lovely song like, you know You First I think is, it was in my top five most listened to songs this year like this is a brilliant, brilliant record, and it borrows from stuff which look. I hate to sound like a snob, and I hate to sound like a chin strokey, you know, m- music journo wanker or or you know like whatever. But Paramore are now are now being inspired by like actual kind of. Artistically credible music, uh, you know. Look, look, we all we all like Offspring and Green Day and stuff like that. Like, do you know, or, or wherever, or we well, you know, we don't all like Blink One Eighty Two. I don't like Blink One Eighty Two. I don't like the stuff that inspired that. You know, from from that that kind of Warped Tour scene of, I guess, the Blink Good Charlotte Sum Forty One. Like, there's a couple of bands in there that I don't mind. I got no real beef with Sum Forty One, for example. But like, I don't like that stuff. The stuff that is actually good yeah. is talking heads and television and yeah. and that is what they're borrowing from here like they're a pop punk band yeah. they're borrowing from that and it's quite interesting actually that uh i did see some crap fucking account that has some of the worst takes i've ever seen on twitter they said oh it is is this is why by paramore one of the albums of the year and their other albums of the year was stuff like i don't know like i prevail and i don't know if they've had an album out, but God. just shit just shit like bland metalcore crap for like babies nappy wearing babies right and all of the comments were like oh it's the biggest disappointment and I was like and and Kerrang today have released their albums of 2023 and no shade on Luke Morton love you Luke but Paramore's album being 18 and then Fallout Boy being 17 and Blink-182 being 16 I mean I haven't heard either of those albums but I'm going to just go ahead and assume that they just that they both sound like those bands doing like rehashes of the things that were were bad when they were doing them in the 2000s and you just think that like it just goes to show how thick pop punk fans are and it just made me hate pop punk fans even more and i'm so glad yeah. that paramore really have yeah. nothing to do with that anymore because they are wow. so head and shoulders above yeah. that awful music that awful yeah. stupid childish pathetic music and they've re- actually released an album of genuine class and craft and depth and uh, you know it, it's great it's this is this is brilliant to see about like they've true really come this would be like a new metal but like a new metal band that i really hate It's be like spine shank releasing the urn whoa Thrilling. whoa 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 i couldn't even get past me saying <laughs> but this would be like power man 5000 releasing the urn album
1: there we go do
0: you know what I mean that's yeah. how I feel about this <laughs> yeah. it's great I'm, I'm so pleased for you yeah. that you are now a great band and to be fair yeah. the two previous albums they are good as well I can give or take it was all the, the, it was all 2000s. leading to this
1: it was all leading yeah. to this though man mm. all leading to this yeah the the, the only saving grace with that kind of trilogy of albums um, that was blatantly the wrong way round in the um, the Kerrang! albums of the year mm-hmm. hi Luke <laughs> Um, it's not Luke, not just grace. Luke's fault. Like, I know way. it's not Luke's fault. I know that. Um, but the only saving grace was 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 the fact that no, uh, number fifteen was a military gun.
0: Yes. Yeah. That was but, good. You know, yeah. I mean, the only saving grace. I mean, I. <laughs> the, but the Paramore album's yeah. better than that. Well, <laughs> as far as oh, I'm well, concerned. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: Well. Well. No, I mean, well, not according to my list, but not according <laughs> to your list, but uh, according but to my list, it is. No, it's it's it, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful album, and. I, I I love the fact that even when they first I, I was into them from the get go. I think from off I first heard the song "Emergency" and I, I even back then when you, you, yes you could call them just a and other fucking wa- wans vans warped tour fucking pop punk band identicate. There always seemed to be something. Yeah, you know, I, I maybe agree it was with the that. fact that maybe it was the fact that hey well they've got a singer who can actually fucking sing mm. shocker, you know and was a genuine fucking star.
0: Yeah, she's
2: got, you, you know, know, she's got A real party.
1: fucking star, man. And it was just like, it was all seems to have been building up to this. Like her solo album from a few years ago. I was going to say, I think great. that's something
0: that really made me go, oh shit, like she's yeah, she's really fucking talented. Like, I, I, you know, I think I said when we reviewed it on Riot Act, I was like, I don't really yeah. care about Paramore, but I mean, she's definitely really great. And there's a few songs from that that I go back to a lot, but this does feel like... You know, kind of the culmination of yep. an evolution yes. of them as artists into now. I, you know, I, th- they, this sounds much more six music than it does fucking, yeah.
1: you know, really on punk show or radio on rock show. Yeah. A, yeah. It, I mean? Yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah. They've left all that sh- They've left that Rotten Course behind. And I'm so fucking thankful for that. Because mm-hmm. they were always much more to th- than that. You know? Yeah,
0: I mean, I think you know they—they they definitely were the better ones of, of that thing
1: of a of thing that I just did. They were think. the best. They were the best. They were by far the best yeah. out of oh, all. You know, all that you know, new fan glory and all that kind of yeah. just guff. Yeah,
0: uh, oh. the best of something which I didn't care about at, at, at all, and now it's like, oh, you're also you're <laughs> becoming the best at something that I I actually do really care about. Like, there's been a lot of good indie albums out this year. A lot of good kind of post punk esque albums that have come out this year and like they have taken to it immediately it's really really great so you know is it the most challenging and unusual and unique record of the year no it isn't but every single song on this is a perfect perfect pop rock nugget with loads of personality loads of craft loads of kind of unique sounds and and every song sounds different you know it's they, they haven't done that thing where Oh, we'll, we'll do 14 tracks and, you know, three of them will sound the same and it'll just be variations on it. Every single song feels like it has its own unique little personality. I really, really love it. And I'm as shocked as kind of anyone else, really. But This Is Why is my favourite album of 2023. There you go. Hope you, you have found some music you maybe missed. I hope you've um agreed or if you want to disagree. Obviously, you're if to disagree, that's how... Uh, opinions subjective opinions about music work isn't it uh yeah. so you know don't take it too personally unless you're in fallout boy and blink 182 and then you can you can take that personally um because you can
1: actually go and fuck yourself <laughs> you fuckers
0: fuck off i haven't heard your albums yeah. but they are rubbish so yeah. uh happy uh end of the podcast i was gonna say happy new year and that's it we're actually gonna be back next week with a lovely christmas special
1: with us. Oh, with ho, a ho, special ho, guest.
0: Special guest.
1: Oh, have we? Yeah. What? Was it Santa <laughs> no, better than that anyway oh, uh, thanks very much Gaz well, someone, someone who actually exists Somebody yeah. who actually exists my yeah. pleasure mate yeah. that was a lot of fun have a
0: good time everyone <laughs> have a good time everyone what a weird way go have a the, good time all the have time have a good time all the time have a good time listening to the good time things that we've suggested that you listen to yeah. go to patreon.com forward slash true pop you can listen to all of our exclusive content over there we'll be back next week see you later cheer
2: you bye bye Gaz listen to Joe Valance love you bye